0: Hello and welcome to episode one of Unpaid Overtime. This is Barney and I'm joined by Lou and Rich. Let's talk about the Snyder Cut. Okay, so we're in. We have a podcast.
1: Can you can you boys believe it? They don't just give these to anyone.
2: It is quite unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Obviously the whole lockdown podcast thing was a train which came and went, and now we're here. Yeah. Late comers yeah. to the game, but I'm gonna Almost it.
0: almost missed the boat, but we've uh, we ran down the pier and kind of jumped and we're just
2: clinging onto the side. So yeah.
0: fingers crossed it pays
2: off. I believe they're <laughs> not allowing any new podcasts after June, so I think we just we, we just caught that window. It's bank
0: holiday Monday. How uh, how have your weekends been so far?
2: Yeah, really good.
1: Uh, obviously a bit of sun, sunshine, which was quite nice. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, more than expected.
1: Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be snowing, but here we are.
2: Yeah, plenty of sun.
0: Yeah, I, I made the mistake yesterday of forgetting how, how pale I am. I sat in the sun all day. But sat side on, so you you can't quite see it over the webcam. But this side of my face is completely red, and this side of my face is completely white. <laughs> I've got a bit of a Harvey Dent thing going on. Um, topical,
2: very topical.
0: <laughs> I guess we can uh, start jumping straight into it if we like. We uh, so for episode one, we wanted to watch Justice League: The Snyder Cut. This is obviously a re-release or a. A director's cut that's been released down the line to the theatrical version, which was originally, uh, originally ended up being directed by uh, by Joss Whedon. So yeah, we've we've all dedicated four hours of our weekend to watching this mammoth of a movie. I guess for, for some setup, it's worth noting that Lewis is not so much a fan of comic book movies, and uh, it'd be interesting to get <laughs> to get his take as we run through. So Let's start with the opening of the movie. We're starting with Superman. This is uh, kind of showing Superman dying, which is relating to the end of Batman vs Superman. Uh, what do we think of this scene? I think it's quite a strong start, much much stronger than the original release. The theatrical. I, I release.
1: mean, it's it's a strong start for sure, but I think for people who aren't familiar with superhero movies and specifically haven't seen Batman vs Superman, it is confusing <laughs> as fuck. <laughs>
2: I'm like, not joking. That was my point. I was all—I really tried hard not to get my phone out during the film. Uh, so I really wanted to immerse myself and not try and message you guys to, with any thoughts. Uh, I—I was—I was like part of the reason I suggested doing live run-throughs. I was like, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on, and I don't know if I'm <laughs> supposed to. I don't know if there's supposed to be context.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I obviously having seen the movie, it made sense to me, but I can imagine like you're going to lose so many people in that opening scene by just yeah. watching him screaming his head off like super oh, scream
2: i was just enjoying the visuals i had honestly hadn't got a clue what was going on yeah um, also, it's um what sorry go quickly,
1: ahead carrying on what what was lex luther doing in a bath what was that about <laughs> uh, I, like, don't, I
2: don't even remember that but
1: he's just sitting in a bathtub on a roof or something oh. like that oh nice but it just didn't make any sense to me
2: yeah, well,
0: I guess it makes more sense in the X-rated version because there's, uh, there's deleted scenes that lead on from that, probably. Uh, OK. Mean, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I definitely um, agree with that point. It's, it, it's a good cinematic start, but there's not enough context for anyone who's not been following. But I guess maybe... I think there's been some uh, artistic choices made to this movie because of what it is because it's a re-release and I guess uh, Snyder's assuming that people that are watching it are kind of plugged into the uh, comic book world of what's going on what's happened and uh, I guess there's a bit of an assumption there that everyone will understand but no it's a fair point Uh, I think the thing that I want to start with as well is this choice to go for this 4-3 aspect ratio for the the movie. Mm. It's an interesting choice. Uh, I've seen some justification for it uh, that it's uh, well. An interview from Zack Snyder said he wanted to pe- he wanted people to see this uh, as they would in kind of a, a tall IMAX framing, uh, superheroes are tall, not wide, unless of course they're you know flying horizontally and things like that. I think it definitely it helps in some places, but I'm sure there will also be some people who are really confused about why. You know they've got these black bars down the side of the screen, and are they then going to ruin it anyway by you know, zooming into the view yeah. on their uh, on their TV? I, mean,
1: I, um, I was just going to say I didn't find it jarring at all. I, no, yeah. I found it like having watched the original cut. Like I didn't, I didn't find it jarring. I think you know it added obviously more view top and bottom, which I think added to some of the scenes, um, and you know those scenes where you have that vertical ratio. Where you would usually see a wider aspect didn't really feel lost in this cut. Um, Agreed. Yeah, I think think it worked quite nicely. Um, I know, obviously, as you say, some people will find it a bit jarring and not understand the reasoning behind it, but I don't think it. I don't think it took anything away.
2: I think also, I, I don't know if you agree, but like, so yeah, the jarring thing for me, it wasn't jarring. Probably an element of that was that I knew that it was going to be in that aspect ratio before I watched it, but also I felt like. I don't I don't know how best to describe it, but it felt a little bit less Hollywood. It felt a bit more yeah. real because you, I don't know. You kind of expect this incredibly wide shot with you know your black bars top and bottom um, because generally I guess films are twenty one nine nowadays, and it's like having that. It, yeah, it just felt a bit more. I don't know, authentic. Is probably not quite the right word, but I really enjoyed it, and I think there wasn't a, there wasn't a single moment where that aspect ratio took me out of it. Um, and apart from, like, noticing it at the very start, because I was like, oh, yeah, this movie's in 4.3 or whatever it is. Uh, it was just, yeah, just got on with it. It was, it was, it was all right.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it definitely pays off. There's some scenes, um, and I, I guess we'll touch on those as we go through, but uh, uh, the intro scene with Cyborg uh, works particularly well because of the 4.3, but um, I'll discuss that a bit more when we arrive at that point. But yeah, no, definitely. I think it works quite well. It would have been even better to see it on the big screen like that. But yeah, interesting choice, and
1: uh, I, I think it does pay off. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, once uh, we come out the other side of uh, lockdown and cinemas and stuff open back up, whether Warner Bros will try and recoup a bit more money by giving it the old cinema release, because I think that'll do it
2: a fair bit of justice. Oh! But, oh! <laughs> I'd uh, I'd go and see it I think in the cinemas yeah. again.
1: I'd, I'd definitely go and see yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Are we are we allowed to just are we allowed to give an overall th- view of the film or we are we are we powering through the I details? I mean, it's
0: it's our podcast. Do all the yeah. The I thought, thought it was really do, good. Really.
2: Massively enjoyed it, and I thought that the four hours felt appropriately paced. There wasn't a single moment I thought like you know this is dragging on. Yeah. Mm. Really good. It, really good. It doesn't
0: movie. it doesn't quite feel like a four hour movie, does it?
2: No. Like you can tell that there are moments where traditionally they probably would have just split the film and gone this is the end of you know wait wait 18 months to see the next part but it was it was really good yeah the superhero movie thing for me it's more of a a, a dislike of marvel or traditionally a dislike of marvel so dc i've I generally had good thoughts about anyway but um just cuz of the grittiness it tends to be a bit grittier a bit a mm. bit darker but um so yeah i was i was going in with this with a probably a more positive mindset than i would do but yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I I think they um it's a good thing within the DC world they don't mind so much about showing there's a little bit of gore people actually die not just get pushed over by laser beams. Um, I think uh, it's good and hopefully this is kind of a start of a good comeback because DC films DC uh, live action films have uh, never quite met the um the response that the Marvel films have. How dare you speak badly of films like Green Lantern?
3: That
1: film is a gem.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they've. I, I'm hoping this is kind of a good turnaround. You know, the the coming DC films will be, um, will be a, a little bit
1: more on par with what Marvel have been putting out. Yeah, it'll be good to see. I think. I think. Um, I think the 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 darkness aspect that you just touched upon. I think you know moving into the film more there's just blood everywhere you know steppenwolf's introduction it's just yeah gore fest yeah um but yeah i think as you say we've got film like the batman coming up which is obviously taking that darker aspect from the trailer it would just be interesting to see if they carry it on as well obviously suicide squad's coming uh, the trailer for that looks incredibly bloody and gory and i cannot
2: wait Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, it's a good niche for it to fill because even the boys, like obviously incredible TV show, one of the best, I think, but the, the, the violence in it is almost, it's like character-esque because of the fact that it's got a lot of humor in it. So it's almost just like the blood is almost used for comic effect. Almost like, there's a shock factor, isn't it? Whereas I think DC can embrace the fact that they want the combat and the, the reactions to it to feel real, like visceral. So yeah, I hope they I hope they embrace that. The
1: next scene's obviously Batman um, going off in search of his yes. team. And obviously the next intro is him climbing some mountains. And you know, I just have to say, if it's on a coast, fly something round the mountain. <laughs> why are you, why are you walking, man?
0: Uh, I think actually this is a plot point. I think it was in the script when he arrived that he no planes could come in or out or things like that because of the storm that there was. There was a blizzard going on, so he would have had to have climbed there. Granted, I would imagine that Batman would have some slightly more high-tech gear that can work in all sorts of terrain. But uh, they did say at the beginning that, I think someone asked how he arrived there because there's been a blizzard uh, or... Flight has been grounded and things like that, and the answer was he walked basically. <laughs> and he might just want to get his steps in. He might want to get his steps in.
1: Get his ten thousand. Yeah, he's
0: he's doing a couch to ten k,
2: and uh smashed yeah. it. I think yeah, I think the next Absolutely iteration of the bat it. suit actually does have an integrated Fitbit. So yeah, <laughs> Fitbat.
0: Fitbat. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, leading on from that, so we get Aquaman uh, ju- taking his top off, uh, obviously, and then jumping into the sea. Who's the
1: woman uh, that sm- smells his jumper? That, yeah, that, that's great, isn't it? I, I, that's, that's a
2: nice touch. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, just,
2: I'm just a stalker. I'm going to smell your jumper after you Yeah, because yeah. who was she in the end? Because they, they showed her as a child, didn't they? Sniffing in the jumper, and then, or as a teenager, and then they, the next scene was her growing up, right? Was she in? Was she in any of the rest of the film? I don't. I don't think so. No. Because no, I thought I was expecting you've, her to I, be a you've scene either caught something that I've missed or you you missed something that you missed. Maybe Wait, I uh, missed something. I felt what happened in that scene. I could be wrong, but I thought what happened in that scene. The camera shot ended where he went into the the ocean, and then she picked up his sweater. And then the next camera cut was like twenty years later. Or, hold up.
1: Uh, do you think that she is Wonder Woman? Because the next scene is the
2: London scene. No, 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 no. There was a blonde woman standing on the coast. No, I yeah. think,
0: I think they just maybe all look the same. Um. Oh, do you think maybe
2: they literally just cut to a different person? I think it might just be a different blonde person who's very Isn't pale. That, because now it would make sense that Batman wouldn't be putting a team and then be like, "Oh fuck, well, I better wait fifteen years for." Yeah, he
0: he was already quite old um, during this scene. But I think yeah. it's it's a very good scene. Uh, the way you can definitely see that Snyder's making the most of his artistic license on this. You know, he holds this scene of um, this kind of choir of of women singing to Aquaman as he's walking into the into the sea for a little too long, maybe. But yeah. I think it proves a point. Um, you know, and you see this theme throughout the entire movie that it's paced how he wants it to be paced. You know, even if you compare scenes. Uh, between the Snyder cut and the Whedon cut, even where Whedon's used the same scenes as Snyder, they've been cut, each of them have been cut a little bit shorter each time, even if it's a few seconds, but it makes a lot of difference.
2: Going back uh, to the, just very shortly, just touching on that song though, and I didn't write this down in the notes, but I feel like I'm recalling this correctly. Wasn't there a moment where they all seemed like a village of people singing, which was quite pleasant, and then someone just goes, Full on fucking Mariah Carey. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah where I
2: swear someone did, just yeah, owns it. That. Someone's just like, "This is yeah. my time to shine." Maybe this is the start of a live-action Frozen movie. Uh, it's yeah, actually yeah, Snyder wanted
1: the opportunity you get.
2: Snyder originally wanted it to be six hours, and it was going to be a musical. It it could
0: have just been four hours of that woman d- blasting out solo. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I
0: thought it was going to gonna stumble, be at one yeah. point yeah yeah it was like a very it was uh, there was a little bit of separation there it was you no, know, oh mo- moving backing music very traditional music
1: he, he's walking into the ocean
0: and then absolute and, belter and yeah it was, that one woman was like this is my time to shine
2: <laughs> now pick up the sweater pushes a
1: little <laughs> kid out <of> the way
0: <laughs> Move. <Aqualine>. The
2: sweater.
0: <laughs> singing for my fish boy <laughs> One fishy imagine, boy.
1: Imagine if that was his superhero name—not Aquaman, just Fish Boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe I like to imagine that was on a whiteboard along with Aquaman. Like, we have Fishboy, Boy, we have Merman.
1: It's like, um, it's like Rob Dolph, dude. Aquaman has Fish Boy.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. Start saying Ocean amazing. Man. <laughs>
0: ocean, Ocean. Ocean, spray, man. ocean Um, we then move to London. Uh, I think there's a little bit of clever foreshadowing here. Uh, as we move to London, we're panning across the sky. There's a black and silver flag with Superman's logo, uh, which is the same colour scheme that Soups comes back with uh, when he's
2: Res erected. How absurd! Um, That's a good spot. I yeah. know. Yeah. Right. I didn't did
1: even put two and two together. I did spot it, but I
2: tell I you really what, I spotted. It. I I spotted uh there's actually a moment where wonder woman's there and that's that's a foreshadowing for the fact that she's going to be part of in the justice league
0: that what, what? that was a very good catch actually yeah i spotted that yeah i didn't even I, spot that wonder woman was in that scene it was very subtle she she it's was so quick because she was quick. moving
1: so quick yeah i was going <laughs> to yeah, say it was really so quick <laughs> i mean my i'm just going to say my favorite part of this whole scene was just how she comes in she smashes people around like there's yeah. people flying all over the place blood all over the walls she vaporizes a guy and then just disappears. <laughs> yeah. like, no nothing. Job done. I'm yeah. out. See I ya. loved
0: it. Well, I think the best part of that as well is how she takes out all of these bad guys hand to hand combat. She like saves the people and the building from a bomb, jumps mm-hmm. through the ceiling, causes quite a bit of damage there to be fair. I don't know how many floors she jumped through and this and the roof. Um obviously lobbed the bomb up saved the day there was no explosion she lands back in this guy's shooting his gun she could easily run over to him punch him in the face jobs are good one, but no she blows out half the fucking building <laughs> yeah decides to yeah. slap her wrist together kill the guy <laughs> he's nothing um, hey, he is nothing but a hat, hat <laughs> I mean, yeah his hat let's yeah just,
1: let's just take a moment and praise the tailoring of that hat that to be able to is, withstand.
0: The absolute quality of that hat. It was incredible. Can withstand an explosion. I would like to have seen how his hat actually stood up to the bomb. Um, I can't imagine the bomb would have done as much damage as uh, Wonder Woman,
2: but. That was a really good scene, though, like the the use of slow motion in that scene and everything. And yeah, it just felt felt really good. Um, There was a little bit, if we're going to be picky, there was a little bit when she's standing on the actual top of the building. I swear there's something not quite right with the perspective on that. Like, she looked absolutely fucking massive. Um, and the like the green screening was awful. And she I was like, grow. this is not looking good. But then that whole she, scene was just incredible. She can grow and shrink like uh, Ant-Man. That's what that's, that's what <laughs> <it>. <laughs> she was the size of the building to start with.
1: Um, she c- I, I think that scene did a really good job of introducing her. Obviously, I think it's the first yeah. time that snyder uses the whole slow-mo sequencing in the movie i think which obviously he uses quite a lot throughout in the battle scenes to come yeah um, but yeah i I thought it was a, a great introduction into the character yeah um, Introduce the lasso or lasso lasso lasso, lasso i, see, I, I think. think
2: it's lasso but i swear i've seen conflicting pronunciations of it i don't know the big yeah, rope the magic rope
1: the magic rope thing it obviously introduces that as well. Rope so you've of got truth. Got a bit of background background to that. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. And you know, again, bloody violent.
2: Yeah. Spot on. What more can you ask for? That lasso, lasso, oh, the, the rope, the fucking rope, the long rope, the skipping rope of truth. When she oh, was rope. when she first grabbed the guy, at first I was going to be really picky because it's like I, I hate when films tell you things rather than just showing you. Um, and she like, wrapped it around him and was like haha ha, by the way I've wrapped you with this rope so now you have to tell me the truth but actually I, I was thinking about it and I think I was being a bit bit too picky because if you had no context of what that was you wouldn't necessarily know what was going on so I don't think it was a a bad point I was so ready to get up on my soapbox about that but yeah actually
1: that no, doesn't I, sound like you at all
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> criticizing yeah, no.
2: things I'd have no no idea how to do myself
0: <laughs> um yeah it did feel maybe a little too much to um to explain it in full like oh this is this, uh, you, you have to tell the truth and stuff now um but yeah no definitely it, it didn't hurt to add a little bit of context for people that hadn't watched previous movies but then signed up to watch a four hour movie hmm. um we're now looking at the first mother box which is being defended by the Amazons um they this is a great fight scene i I'd say maybe the Amazon's put up the best fight
1: um yeah. Yeah, I, I think I it was agree. one of my
2: favourite ones in the film.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I think, um, you know, for people who have watched the original, obviously this is the big reveal of Steppenwolf for the first time. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing from his introduction, obviously it's a protracted fight scene in comparison to the original. It's longer. Um, yeah. It's obviously gorier. Um I just think the whole scene was spot on for the introduction again i think the one thing the one difference that i think um and i'm pulling this out quite early um is that Snyder's nailed the character intros on this in comparison i think that's what the original really lacked there was no backstory there was no introductions um and i think yeah this scene just does a spot-on job yeah. yeah, I
2: don't, as someone who's not seen the original and also doesn't know a lot of context to some of the characters because I haven't seen sort of Batman versus Superman, I think I've only seen Man of Steel out of that, out of the, that sort of DC series, but um, yeah, I didn't, I don't think there was a part, apart from the very beginning, uh, the very intro, sort of the, the prologue bit, I didn't, it wasn't a bit that I sort of felt confused or that I didn't understand, so yeah, I think it was a good, there was some good setup, even if it was, even if you'd probably have a better understanding if you'd seen some of the stuff before it wasn't like a fully comprehensive introduction to some of the people you there was enough context there to understand what was going on
0: yeah um i think a big thing on this version uh, and i don't know if you noticed rich uh, the difference between the theatrical cut and the Snyder cut is uh, once uh, once they're getting out of the um that kind of shrine Temple thing that they're defending the uh, the mother box in, uh, in the Snyder cut this shrine falls into the sea, in the Whedon cut it doesn't it just locks down and then Steppenwolf like cuts through the wall and steps out of it. So I think it's it's interesting they've gone for higher stakes in this version. You know, they're showing that it's oh they're giving up their lives, not just being stuck in there with
1: Steppenwolf like they're actually being tossed into the sea. <laughs> To say yeah, I mean, better. I mean, they definitely had to get their seventy million dollars worth for CGI, effects, yeah. though, right? So they had to. <laughs> well, spend they didn't. It they didn't have
0: a mustache to to edit out. So
1: <laughs> we're not supposed to talk about that yet. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, I thought yeah, the whole the whole scene was a really good uh, intro to steppenwolf Wolf as a character. Uh, yeah, and you know, I think well the of cgi the the look of him in comparison to the theatrical release uh is just like is second to none to be honest oh like yeah the, nano, the nanotech armor tony stark ask sorry are yeah. we allowed to talk about marvel in a dc film? yeah i think so yeah this, it's a crossover yeah. yeah i mean like his armor makes him look like a, a badass um yeah yeah i i just think yeah i don't even know what to say. i'm just repeating myself Fucking yeah. great <laughs> but yeah, no, oh, man. I, I
0: I definitely agree. the um the way his armor worked. I mean, so the the way he looked in the Whedon cut was awful. I mean, just look at it, especially if you look back at it now, you see he looked terrible. Like just Fair. an awful character design. Um,
2: so, so this is the first, sorry, this is the first time I've seen this because obviously I've not seen the um the theatrical cut. And yeah, this is you can tell that it's weird, isn't it? It's like the one on the left. So I'm looking at. I realize I'm looking at it on screen. The the left being the the theatrical cut, uh, the one on the left almost just looks like a uh, a man in a very ornate piece of armor. Whereas the one on the right, he almost feels like a full on alien. Like, that just feels like alien technology to me.
0: Yeah, and um, I think as well from a from a motion design point of view, um, I could just imagine how long that would have taken. That's, yeah. that's I mean, the CGI budget just for that armour would have been ridiculous because it's not just placed on there. It's constantly adjusting. It's constantly doing these cool little things. And yeah. I think these are really nice details. And I think on Steppenwolf alone, on his character design, on his armour design, uh, they've done a really good job. Like the Snyder Cut is already, on. if it was just that, it's already <laughs> head and shoulders above the Whedon yeah. version.
1: Yeah, and I think the one thing that it does well as well is, you know, it makes him feel like more of a threat. Being yeah. Totally honest, yeah. the original theatrical version, he doesn't look badass. He doesn't, like, he doesn't carry that sort of air of this guy's going to fuck me up. Um, he's he's think, a more premium bad guy. Yeah. And I think, you know, it does more to justify the whole need for, you know, soups to be brought back and, you know, we can't beat him without him. Whereas I think you know in the theatrical version it's just a little bit like uh well cool, you know we have to bring him back because we have to bring him back
2: i would I would say just later on in the movie um and we can we can touch touch this on uh touch on this again later, but talking about imposing and terrifying there's that moment where Steppenwolf comes into the lab um as cyborg's dad is trying to sort of put the the cube thing back to sleep. And that moment where Steppenwolf comes in, you get that sheer sense of his scale. Like, to me, that was actually, like, there was a moment where I was actually terrified. I was like, fuck, this is a really, like, it was such a good moment where he just steps into the smoke. And yeah, it's just, because it's almost like the whole film, you see him fighting other heroes, right? Or taking on loads of people. Whereas it's like, he's now one-on-one with this, very human man and you yeah. can just like, oh my God, he's huge and he's yeah. incredibly scary. And I
0: guess we'll, we'll arrive at that a little bit more later on uh, at the moment. So we're just arriving at Star Labs for the first time. Uh, something that uh, I found funny here. So, well, the f- first thing which annoyed me a little bit was uh, Cyborg's dad. Uh, he, um, he was, he was, walking out he was talking to the janitor and he's like hey how's it going say uh say hi to your family for me the janitor didn't even reply he just kind of winced at him a little bit and looked down carried on with his mopping um you know what would it have cost to just go okay i will thank you or and yours like
1: they, they didn't want to give maybe he's got
0: a grudge they, yeah <laughs> maybe this he they wanted him to look like a dick <clears throat> so that when he died 30 seconds later <laughs>
2: Be to be issue. fair, maybe it was that, maybe the, you know, because you have to pay extras more for, if it's a speaking part. So maybe they'd the budget they, on Steppenwolf's armour. So He was going to be paid by line, perhaps. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or I mean, he originally had a really nice piece of dialogue about his family and there was like a whole whole um, <laughs> flashback scene. that was going to be like 15 minutes and then they were like, yeah. someone showed Snyder the Steppenwolf revised and he was like, fucking hell. Yeah. Get out in
1: there. <laughs> I mean, he did scream. Did he scream? I feel like there was a little scream before he, he, he did. That, oh, was, God. That,
2: was, that was probably a 10 grand scream, at that least. Was free, that was freesounds.org. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> just
1: just,
0: just put a Wilhelm scream in there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they cut out all the guy's dialogue. He's approached and he just gets like,
3: Ah! Um, <laughs> uh,
0: but something I found funny at Star Labs is, so we come to the next day where they've already been broken into, the... Uh, They're being, you know, they're investigating the lab. Uh, Something that caught my attention was how we see behind shutters, behind these kind of reinforced doors, is the Superman ship. And then it pans up, and it's open air. There's no roof. (laughs) It's behind behind shutters, but it's open
2: air. There's fucking pigeons sat on the Superman ship. You can like, see all, you can see skyscrapers, right? So there's people in those office buildings or penthouse apartments that were just looking yeah. over and being like, oh, hey, guess what? Guess what I can see from my flat.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's there's the Superman ship. And Super oh, well, luckily, it's not as if anyone in this show can fly, right? Or can jump really high, right? Or can beam down from space, right? Well it's not <laughs> like, a superhero movie, is it? No. Um, so I thought that was a bit daft. Um you know, the fact that it's behind these reinforced doors, but then it's just open-air stadium. Yeah, uh, there's a few guys with guns, a but w- what's a few guys with guns going to do if a superhuman or alien drops in? You know, they're just going to drop in, walk into the ship, and do what they want to do, um, which, you know, might happen, but in a slightly different way.
1: I think it, this is a running theme, though, just thinking about it, because didn't they do the same thing with Mjolnir in Thor? They put up all that security stuff around Mjolnir, but then mm. it was just open air because then it starts raining, doesn't it? And it's raining on top of him. Yeah, like what?
2: <laughs> maybe they've maybe there's like an ancient belief that roofs are more more of a hindrance than anything. Maybe there's more of a, maybe they've done risk assessments and there's more of a risk given the weather conditions of the roof collapsing in and destroying the ship than there is of a superhero. Like they've probably they've probably got people on the on the staff that do these. Do these figures? I mean, who are we to judge? You know, I
0: mean, yeah, they've obviously
2: do. done the numbers.
0: Do you reckon they've pat tested the uh
2: the Mule, Yeah, I think they'd have to, right? They'd have to. <laughs> there's a there's a sticker on the side of it. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, I guess is there, are there religious exemptions potentially? Because uh, otherwise, it, it, I guess you could count it as a workplace.
1: <laughs> I mean, everything has to be health and safety tested nowadays, doesn't it? So I that's suppose, yeah. yeah,
2: that's also yeah. the thing, isn't it? Right? It's like I don't think. Bruce Wayne's thought about this is that the moment he forms the Justice League technically they go from being independent contractors to having to you know there's a lot of sort of business stuff that he has to deal with right Yeah. do you reckon he pays
1: them like life insurance that's what I mean They must do
0: maybe um I wonder if they're if they have a taxable salary as well like and who would pay that would that be Bruce Wayne because he's brought them together so
1: maybe he'd be their employer but yeah but then you could answer that question with um Falcon and the Winter Soldier, can't you? I mean, that's a spoiler. Don't know if we want to talk about that. Because they actually talk about salaries for superheroes in that episode. Yeah. Oh. And they, oh, they, they imagine actually, that. They don't actually get one.
3: No.
0: That's right. I mean I would have thought at least some kind of government paycheck, but I guess most of them are either vigilantes or they didn't it you know, going to an earlier Avengers film where they uh, I think it was civil war when they didn't want to kind of enlist with the government so, I guess they're not being paid by the government, but maybe Tony Stark was supplementing that uh before he didn't, wow. so they are the definition of unpaid overtime <laughs> yeah. oh, we've come full circle, maybe we're the heroes are we <laughs> <laughs> uh looking at the next Aquaman scene um so Aquaman saves some guy who's who's whose little fishing boat is sinking. Uh, brings him back in, demands a whiskey and puts it on the guy who's uh, who's possibly stra- struggling to pay his bills because he's a fisherman and the uh, you know, there's it's bad weather. Um, the thing that surprises me is how Aquaman doesn't mind littering in the sea.
1: Do you know what? That's the one note I took down from that sea. I just wrote, not very fucking environmentally friendly, smashing glass into the ocean. Yeah, he, he
0: smashes glass. Like, I, I don't even think it's directly in the ocean. He smashes it on the dock where people will be walking. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's, it reminds me of, did you watch, um, I don't know if you saw the film Without a Paddle, and uh, they uh, they get this little canoe, and one of the characters smashes a bottle against it. Like, he's christening the uh, the boat. And he's like, we christen this, the whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> and the guy who's rented them the canoe is like, he thinks that's where my kids play. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that came to mind. Was like, okay, now there's glass all over this, uh, all over this dock, and there's probably probably going to be kids playing around. Uh, but yeah, he just didn't mind throwing it out into the ocean. He tears off yet another t-shirt, the t-shirt that he came out of the ocean we- wearing. He takes off before he goes back in, but he's still wearing jeans. He's still wearing boots. So.
2: And you're telling me he doesn't have a salary. Like, where is he getting these T-shirts from?
1: But then, doesn't he... I feel like the next scene where he's cutting through the ocean, he's not wearing his boots. Does he just lose his boots every time he gets in the ocean?
2: He's just dumping so much fabric into that sea. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe he gets his
0: clothes from the sea... Maybe he's just swimming through, and because people are dumping into the ocean, he's like, "Oh, yes, great! Here's a vest top. He'll yeah, pop that on to save a guy." And then when he leaves, smash his glass. He'll rip it off again. And be like, "I'll probably pick that up later."
2: Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's like a it's a, a commentary on the state of the oceans at the minute. Maybe he's not even intentionally looking for those things. Maybe just in the course of swimming so quickly, occasionally he does swim through the neck hole of a of a, <laughs> yeah. of a top man V cut. One of these days he's going to get stuck in like those beer can. <laughs> yeah, things. that's,
0: that's how Aquaman
2: gets defeated just from yeah. a 4 pack of Heineken. Just like
0: my only weakness, litter.
2: <laughs> and then an environmental message comes up on the screen. Yeah, you, us, did, char- you did this. You, you killed, killed Aquaman. Uh, we
0: only have one. And he's in. just there. He's just there on the beach, choking next to a turtle.
1: <laughs> now all you have left is Fish Boy. Save me, turtle. <laughs> We might have skipped over a scene about Wonder Woman and the arrow. The arrow that the Amazonians shoot. Oh, yes. yes. setting to discover the um, wall paintings. Setting the
2: monument on fire.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, first and foremost, that thing was on fire for God knows how long. And she just Hmm. saunters up and takes it. Where's the security, first and foremost? Yeah. How's she done that? Secondly, how does she know where to take that arrow? And thirdly, how has nobody else seen these paintings in the thousands of years that those have probably been there? So, yeah.
0: You know, you know what archaeologists are like? They see something that looks like a door, they'll bash it in. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They, they wouldn't have waited to get an
1: arrow to open it. They would no. have bulldozed that shit. Well, exactly. So uh, that whole scene, I, I, from a storytelling perspective, fine. But logically, it just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. None of the stuff makes sense. How does she get the arrow so easily? How does she know where to go? And how is she the only person that's ever seen this so far? But I
0: will add my thought when she um, when she dropped in, she had a ponytail. She was walking around with with this uh, flaming torch. Was Gal Gadot would probably make a great Tomb Raider.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a great shout. Mm, yeah, I, th-
0: I think I, I don't know how she'd tackle the accent because I guess Tomb Raider has to have a. An English accent, maybe. I don't think I've ever seen her try accents uh,
1: besides her own. Sony needs to sign her up now. Yeah, I think she'd be very good Tomb Raider. Would it be a Sony movie? I guess it would be, wouldn't it? I'm guessing they own the rights to Tomb Raider, or is it Paramount? I can't remember who. I don't know Tomb Raider. Whoever you are, listening to this, because obviously you're gonna be listening, sign her up, make it happen. Do it. You've done enough reboots of the game. Do some of the movies.
0: I I used to love, I had um, Tomb Raider on, I think it was either PS1 or PS2. It must must have been PS1. And at the time, it felt like such a groundbreaking game. It felt like it was, wow, the graphics on this are amazing. And then you revisit it and it's just like three or four polygons make up Tomb
2: Raider. Yeah, the draw distance is terrible and the tank, the controls, they take some getting used to.
1: Yeah. What was the whole game you could play with the butler? I seem to recall most of my time was just spent at the house fucking around (laughs) with a butt. Yeah,
2: well, there was a, there was a. I remember one of my memories as a child is like watching a friend play it, and you could, you could like put him, lock him in the freezer, right? Oh, that was it. Yeah. I I think that was Tomb Raider Two.
1: Yeah, I just used to spend most of my time trying to lock him in the freezer. Yeah. (laughs) Because clearly, I was some sort of child masochist who just enjoyed the (laughs) thought of freezing somebody to death. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. So I suppose you know after. The whole Arthur smashing glass thing, we then get our first, like, full glimpse at Willem Dafoe.
0: Yes. Um, it, he's looking Willem Dafine. Um, <laughs> he is. He is. He's, yeah. he's looking great with long hair. It, I've, I'm always really happy to see Willem Dafoe. He doesn't appear in very many things these days. I mean, he was great in Death Note, I thought.
2: I did get a bit excited at one point, though, because I'm obviously my. My understanding of the universe has got crossed over and i thought green goblin was going to be in the movie uh, and then i also <laughs> remembered that that's we d- we don't we don't talk about those those iterations they were fine
0: i think uh, yeah no I was, I was i was definitely happy to see uh, a bit of willem defoe back on the big screen or the
2: small screen because we're watching it at home yeah because and the four three thing is a bit of a joke on that as well i suppose but
0: uh yeah the next, next scene on that, I believe, was uh, when we get to see Steppenwolf and he's talking to Desaad's hologram through that kind of stone thing. That appears. was fucking and, sick. That was that was quite cool. Um, yeah. And I think a really cool thing that we saw uh, with Steppenwolf's character as well, which is something we didn't really see in the theatrical cut, is he actually looked terrified um, to, while talking to Desaad about uh, Darkseid and things like that. So I think that was a really good piece of character development you know it puts i think it raises the stakes a little bit you know it's because it's not just this guy who's come down and he's evil ah uh this is he's come down he is evil still um uh, but also there's a guy who's more evil that he's scared of and he's doing this because he's scared of this guy and it's kind of his last chance and so it is make or break and you know there's nothing scarier than a guy with nothing to lose so
1: yeah and again it does a really nice job of um you know introducing a bit more of the plot because you know he mentions the fact that this planet no longer has any lanterns or protectors or kryptonians so you know this planet will fall and i think it's quite a nice thing you know it leads into the whole um soups coming back and changing the changing the mix up a little bit um but yeah again i think it's I think the whole purpose of this scene, and you know, feel free to disagree, is just a bit more of a character building for Steppenwolf, because yeah. um, you know it introduces the fact that, as you said, he's a disgraced general. You know, he was banished, and he's he seems to be the one that's going round the galaxy to kind of fish up all these planets for
2: them to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's a good way of showing as well that it's yeah, there's there's almost more at stake for him than there would be for Darkseid or. Whoever's trying to to claim this planet, because you know he will he'll he's got something to prove, right? He has to try and yeah, well save his own life, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and this brings us on to the uh, uh, we then move on to this backstory uh, that Wonder Woman is telling uh, the story of when Darkseid first visited uh, visited Earth. My initial question on this. Everyone looks real badass, you know. We've got all these, all this great character design for uh, for man. We've got great, great character design for the Amazons. Why does Zeus look like a fuck boy? <laughs> I, I it's really strange that he's got like, it, He looks. I I can't decide if he belongs as an extra on Three Hundred or Love
1: Island. Um, I, I feel like they should have actually brought Jared Butler in to play him now that you've mentioned 300 i feel like you would have played it so much better <laughs> yeah he
0: just had like this perfectly black beard um it was like trimmed up he had like this you know a bit of a fuckboy haircut i just thought is really odd especially how i think when we all think of zeus and maybe this is the uh the disney movie hercules that has done this to me but whenever i think mm. of zeus i want to see a guy with a big long white beard and uh, a long white hair but just seeing yeah seeing him with you know, jet black hair, which looked dyed. Hey, the man's got to look after himself. The, the guy has to look at, yeah, I mean, he's quite old. Uh, but, yeah, that I found that quite striking. Um, I thought all of the other character design was great, but he just, he, he, I found him quite
1: jarring. So, uh, Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was just, I mean, it was cool to see a god in the mix, but, yeah, I just think that out of all of the people in that scene, he was the one... And maybe they made him stand out because they want everyone to talk about him. Maybe it's working. Shit. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Marketing.
1: Snyder's reverse psychologized. Psychologized.
0: Whatever. Yeah, that word. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to sell. They've already prepared the um, the action figures for Zeus. Maybe he came out. They like. Maybe they're supplier sent them the first draft of what Zeus would look like and he just got like Lego haircut and Lego beard and they're like yeah fuck it let's build the character around this. But yeah no, it was a very good scene. It was a really yeah. great cinematic scene. It was uh, I quite liked when the Green Lantern Ring when it's uh, predecessor died uh, the Green Lantern Ring went and kind of looked at Darkseid before it was shot away. Uh, I think it's an interesting one isn't it because uh, the green lantern ring is attracted to like it finds its host and it's attracted to those who are strong willed it would have been really i mean well if darkseid had managed to grab the ring and put it on end of movie <laughs> that wouldn't yeah you know he would have been darkseid and he would have also been a green lantern so uh it's good that it, it i think it was shot away by an arrow and then it zipped off into space so uh, but that, that was a good choice that was an interesting little move
1: mm, yeah i agree i totally missed the fact that it was shot away by an arrow i thought it just flew off on its own
2: i mean maybe i imagined it but i'm um, no, 70% think, sure it was shot away no by i an think arrow. you're right i think yeah there was a deliberate effort to try and stop stopping from grabbing it so i think i, I feel like it was an <laughs> arrow yeah yeah
1: yeah fair enough can can i just point out that obviously A key thing that I've noted throughout this film is the amount of times that we get an unnecessary flaunt of wealth from Ben Affleck. And this seems preceded by one of those when Wonder Woman walks into his little lab and he, oh, $1 million worth of security. Why?
0: I don't need (laughs) to know that. I don't care. Um, At every opportunity, it is kind of, I'm rich.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah, but
2: especially I,
1: I, he's just I mean, he trying to impress 12. people.
0: He doesn't have friends,
2: especially the scene that we probably it's about don't. Need. Yeah, yeah, we probably <laughs> don't need to touch on it too much because it's coming up later. But um, yeah. that the the uh, impressively slotted in ten second Mercedes ad.
0: Oh my god! Yeah,
2: fuck that! Like. That uh, and I was so not, ready. I was so ready to turn. I was like, "That's not the first. Don't come up with that I
0: think it's the first time, but I'm pretty sure there's at least one other Mercedes ad in the movie. Oh
2: well, there's like um, I think for the I think like two for like a good two or three minutes after that, all of the shots of vehicles are really polished Mercedes-Benz cars. But that particular one where he's just like, "I'm rich. Yeah, what's your superpower? I'm rich." And then it's the fucking just it. It is just a fucking advert for Mercedes. To be
1: fair though he's not wrong i mean that is his superpower
2: you yeah nothing else going true also the physics on when he drives that car off is the is some of the worst cg that's like fucking that was
1: that was 15 that's some million. playstation
2: 2 era <laughs> i mean and that's doing an injustice to the playstation yeah. 2 like that is some um, gran turismo one shit going on something
0: i'll add uh, i don't know if you guys have seen this uh, but talking about really blatant product placement. There's a show or I think it's uh it's on Netflix <clears throat> called um Designated Survivor. And uh it's it's a good show. Uh I won't go into it too much, but there's a really obvious scene where they do some Ford uh product placement. Oh, I and think it, I've seen it
2: on YouTube.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the scene where these two agents are talking and it's a oh, real okay. serious scene and like something serious has just happened. Uh, and they're like, okay, let's go deal with this. And then they go walk into their walk into their Ford. Um, and it's just like, it's a zoom in on the Ford logo. They get in, you look at the steering wheel, put the key. No, actually, to begin with, she clicks her key to start it up. Like, there's no reason for it at all. Like, no. they stop before getting to the car. She lifts her key up. It's like... <coughs>
2: And the car, right, and the you car see that you like, see the whole start, right seekers, next don't you? to the
0: fucking thing, uh, yeah. But it, it cuts comes from that to an
2: interior shot, yeah, of like all the car booting up, yeah. The car booting up, you see the screen is
0: like Ford. Um, that's and diverse. it's honestly that's probably the only um scene of product placement that I've come across which is worse than that obvious Mercedes ad in the um, in the Justice League.
2: I just hope they got. I just hope they got paid enough money for that ad because to sell yourself out like Think that all is all
0: the mustaches they could cut out.
2: All of the mustaches they could have taken <laughs> mustaches off everyone in that TV. They series. could have added
0: mustaches to people as well. They could
2: have done. They could have added them, taken them away. They could have been yep. mustache gods.
0: <laughs> what do we do with this power? <laughs> Give them all mustaches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe that is uh maybe technically then that is Bruce Wayne's power right Maybe he's rich yeah. enough to go into any movie studio and just start adding and taking away mustaches
0: <laughs> give him a mustache give her a mustache and take away his mustache <laughs> yeah. um,
2: that's that's the real Batman versus Superman <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mustache why did you say that name? <laughs>
2: it's um, like yeah it's like the final battle he just gets one up he's just like Take off his moustache. Like, what? What? <laughs> what? Re- re- remove his moustache. But that's going to cost sort of a million. Power. I, said, I, said, I said take out the moustache. Do it now.
3: <laughs> I said
0: do it. Um, we move on to the introduction of The Flash. Uh, I really like this scene. I think yeah. uh, this, this is a really well-rounded scene, a really nice introduction to The Flash. And it's a cry and shame it wasn't in the original because um, I think we're all... Uh, those of that have seen it are all in agreeant, uh, agreement that the theatrical cut just didn't have enough character building, and so people didn't really care about the characters that they hadn't met before. Um, but the Flash's introduction here is really, really good. Uh, it's, it shows his personality, it's a really well made scene. The little details as well, like when uh, the girl's about to get hit by the truck, he twists and he just like twists out of his shoes. That's a really cool bit of, that's a really cool effect. Uh, and then he zooms out, pushes through this glass window. That's really nice. Just this finger that he pushes through. Uh, and it's almost like for a moment seems liquid and then it shatters and uh, and then delicately saves the girl. And I think we ha- really, it's just really nice. Really well done. Really good uh, CG. Really well recorded.
2: We think, do have to talk about one part of that scene though. Where the the he dog. fucking... Creepy as fuck, brushes her hair to one side, like, yeah, saving her from a car accident. He's like, I've got to touch this person, <laughs> like, I've got At to give he her a little stroke on her. the face. It was as I, good as honestly. He, I, honestly, I was a bit, I was wondering what he was doing with that fucking hot dog. Like, yeah, I was, I, was, like, <laughs> I was half expecting him to like just, the hot dog <laughs> jam it in her mouth. Just yeah, <laughs> it was not okay. Like, that bit was just so fucking weird. I was like. Like, oh, she went, just. She comes to, like, she's completely safe. She's on
0: the ground. There's a car crash happening around her, but she is choking on a hot dog. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was... Well, I wasn't... I think, yeah, that scene was just... It just weirded me out. I was just like, why? Yeah. Yeah, there was just no... There was no need for that part of it. But yeah, the slow motion stuff was really cool.
1: I think um, this scene is probably the one scene that feels like it could be easily lifted and placed into a Marvel film. Because the yeah. humour... And the whole setup, I think, is is so Marvel esque. Yeah. It just feels like it was written for a Marvel movie. Yeah. Well, I, I think it.
0: No, uh, I think it leads into something that happens in a lot of uh, in a lot of the original like DC cartoons and stuff as well though, where like the Flash is kind of the comic relief. Um where some of the other characters are a bit more serious most of the time. The Flash is a bit more jokey, is a bit less serious. Um some sometimes i his script was a little annoying but yeah. i think it's just all part of it you know he the point is i don't have friends and this kind of thing um
2: yeah i'd yeah. say that i for the most part i like i thought i was going to hate him cuz uh, you all know my feelings on comic relief in movies like this but i actually thought it, his character was done for the most part very well there were just these moments where yeah it's like that that character should be there for So it was like his, the character shouldn't just be used as a scapegoat for comic relief. Like they shouldn't just be given the like funny lines to say to break the atmosphere. It should just be an inherent part of their character. So I think it did that for the most, I'd say like 80% of the time, The Flash felt like a very good character, felt like himself. There were maybe only these one one or two moments where it felt like comedy was being injected into the scene through him as a vessel. But um, yeah, I thought, uh, for someone I thought I would really not connect with as a character. I thought it was actually not too bad. And honestly, I, knowing
0: how you feel about this kind of stuff with like forced comic relief and stuff, um, you would really not like the, the theatrical cuts. Oh God. There's oh I mean, God. Most of these reshoots were to force feed these things in there. There's just dumb jokes that aren't funny. They're out of place. Yeah. They're really forced. And um, I think this, this is why, a big reason why the Snyder cut...
1: Is preferred by pretty much everyone who's watched it. I definitely think we need to get Lou to watch the theatrical version just so that we can. I hear did. A rage. I did try and find it, but yeah,
0: just, when I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear you raging about the theatrical cut at some point. <laughs> um, and then, oh, just to touch on the end of that scene uh, when the Flash has returned back into the um, was it a pet store or yeah. Um, he's in the, in that little pen with the dogs, and he pulls out his sausage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just the to hot clarify, dog, the yeah. hot dog, not the hot not dog. His sausage. He pulls out his sausage, and uh, and he Slightly gives it to the dogs. One. And he's, it, the line was something along the line of lines of in times of stress, always bring a meaty snack, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> Which uh, you know That's is life mantra. Yeah, my right there. my my nan always used to tell me the same. And it's a good it's a, it's a good mantra to live by. Wise woman, wise, yeah. wise, wise, wise. Um, meaty snacks. Can't beat me uh, to this. <laughs> um, we move on to the uh, introduction of Cyborg in his football game. I think we've already kind of seen Cyborg in uh, in spots, but now we're starting to see his backstory. Um, and I just think this scene this football this football game where it's mostly in slow motion, uh, incredible slow motion, snow. and I think this works really well in this 4 three aspect. Um, you know because you can see the full height of snow falling. you just it's, it's a really well directed and really well produced scene um, and really creates a lot of
1: atmosphere yeah i agree um again i think it, it's just character development isn't it and it's it's spot on yeah. obviously giving a bit of background um you know obviously school's winning touchdown father's not there gets in car with <laughs> mum. complains about father car crash yeah, yeah. father turns up same yeah. day it's it,
0: it's good i'm glad we have this backstory and i think just in general there's a lot more character development in this version for Cyborg because in the theatrical cut, we, I don't care about him whatsoever. In fact, like, he's a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not surprised that it kind of, I, well, I don't know. I've not really looked whether or not he's been in much more, but I've not seen him in very much more. But in, uh, in this version, you care a lot more about Cyborg. His acting, it's, it's a strange balance because I know he's, playing effectively a robot (laughs) and so complaining about his acting being a bit robotic sounds sounds odd but I don't know just the way he speaks like his facial expressions it seems very stiff and maybe this is part of the the direction maybe this is how he's supposed to be but I just found it very jarring I think uh, ultimately I liked his character a lot more
2: I agree with you though I think it was the inconsistencies because I I think there were moments where I noticed like I I sort of took note of the fact that his mouth movements were very robotic and I guess I wouldn't have done that if there were, weren't other moments where they'd been a bit more human so I think yeah I agree with you it's almost like it it was I guess for me it was less about his acting being robotic and more about it not always being robotic so yeah. it almost felt like it needed to be a little bit more consistent but it was yeah. it was good Well what I found strange was sometimes
0: I his face would look more CGI than yes. his suit. Yeah, <laughs> his, his his yeah that the android part.
2: Definitely some uncanny um, valley stuff going on at certain yeah. certain moments of that film. Um,
0: but no, as a whole, I think they they did cyborg a lot more justice in this cut than in the um, theatrical. So good job on that. Uh, yeah, so I've got my notes here. We've touched on this already. Flash joins the team. Uh, followed by another, a Mercedes ad, <laughs> yeah, another, another
1: Batman flaunt of wealth. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Uh,
0: this this is the uh, you know as we spoke about a little bit sooner. You know this ridiculous Mercedes ad and the what's your superpower? I'm rich.
1: Um, how soon is uh, how soon is Elon Musk going to be driving around in a Tesla claiming to
2: be a superhero? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he almost does that already. I mean right?
1: the fact that he doesn't
0: go around saving like shitty cities is quite disappointing, he has the resources. maybe he's not the best fighter in the world, but neither's Batman in this
1: movie um, I mean, maybe maybe he's building up to it. he's sorting out his rockets, you know, maybe that's what his grand plan is maybe superpower
2: is bragging on Twitter.
1: I'm kind of hoping he turns out to be a, a supervillain, to be honest i mean he I kind he, of want that yeah, yeah, I mean he's manipulating <laughs> cryptocurrency, so you know yeah.
0: It's just been, it's all been a spiral since that pedo guy incident. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that was his little, that was his little glimpse into being evil. And he was like, Ooh, Oh, this, <laughs> this, this, it's not this made me shift. <laughs> not so bad. <laughs>
0: um, so jumping forward again, uh, we see JK Simmons as, the, as commissioner Gordon, uh, always happy to see him and, uh, Happy to see him especially in this role. One thing I'm really gutted about is I remember in the lead up to this movie we would see uh, I was seeing kind of behind the scenes things about j k Simmons getting ripped and like he was in the gym he was absolutely ripped as fuck um but it you know I can't believe him saying this but uh, we he didn't take his top off once we didn't even see his arms he was wearing a coat. Holy oh. shit! I have just googled the photos. Good god! I know, right? Like, why? I'd, I'd be so pissed off if I dedicated all this time to get that ripped and no one saw it. You know, I, I would, I would ask for Aquaman type scenes in my, <laughs> in my contract. Just imagine, just uh, when he's on that rooftop and they <laughs> just disappear, he just, in a rage, just tears just his suit off. His top off. Why, <laughs> Commissioner, smash! Yeah, bloody hell! Yeah, the dude got absolutely yoked. um, We don't see it once. I remember reading he he was pretty pissed off as well that I think a lot of his stuff was cut out of the theatrical cut and maybe a lot we didn't see much of his stuff in even in the Snyder cut. But I think we were meant to be seeing more of him in the standalone Batman movie that I don't know if we're getting now. The standalone
2: Batfleck. I got to be honest, I I was about, I was quite surprised in the end to know that JK Simmons was Commissioner Gordon cuz it seemed like he had like maybe a minute, 2 minutes total screen time. Yeah. Like it didn't seem like he was really present a lot of the movie.
0: Yeah, he wasn't there for very much of it. Maybe he was just there to set up the the scene yeah. of everyone disappearing. Yeah. It was was his whole existence just for this joke <laughs> of everyone disappearing and then the flashes left up behind like oh that's rude um, but uh, it, it was funny it was a good joke uh, so if J.K. Simmons was in the movie and got absolutely yoked just for that joke then alright I can live with that Yeah. maybe he just wanted to get ripped maybe he, he is definitely allowed to but uh, you know I wanted to see that old guy take his clothes off so yeah. anyway um, <laughs> Atlanteans absolutely let the side down Steppenwolf just basically walks in, takes some other box, and leaves. You know, it's yeah, it's just really underwhelming compared to, you know, how the Amazons did and what they sacrificed to do it. Atlanteans, yeah, just really let it down. I mean, didn't Steppen- they have
1: like two guards. I feel like yeah. there was just two. That's that's how there. it
0: seems. Yeah, it's just like yeah. these two guys. They pulled them out of the sea. Where's it hidden? I'm not telling you. Well, I'll take it anyway, and this kind of stuff. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, Atlanteans just, they they don't seem, we've seen nothing to prove that they're the warriors that legend says. Um,
1: This comes into like that point quite nicely comes into a point that I noted about every fight scene with Arthur in it. He just doesn't do anything. (laughs) He either gets punched and then you never see him again, or he does one thing and then gets knocked the shit out of him. And then that's it. (laughs) yeah maybe it's because they're not in water yeah
0: maybe it's because he's not on home turf and he feels like a uh, fish out of water no no No. maybe
1: it's maybe it's because he doesn't take his shirt off
0: maybe if he had taken his top off he would have had
1: his full mobility
2: maybe Um, maybe that's
1: his fish scale armor is very restrictive
2: yeah (laughs) there is a moment in that scene I think it's that scene, or one that's slightly later on, but I, I think it is that one where he's about to Steppenwolf's about to kill someone with his with his weapon, and his it's, tool with his tool, and I don't know if it's just getting a bit of a tired device to use, but the whole I'm going to kill this person, but before I do, I'm going to dramatically hold my weapon up for a, enough time that someone could intervene. <laughs> and it's just like this moment of just he just held that up for so long and then when when Aquaman intervened, it was just a bit like, uh, saw that one coming. Whereas I feel like yeah. with the flow of these movies, it could have easily been a very fast-paced fight and then a sud like I feel like the the sudden um involvement of Aquaman could have been would have been much more dramatic. But just like you just saw it, you know what I mean? It's like holding up this axe like, by the way, I'm about to chop your fucking head off. Mm. You're like, oh no, I wonder if something's going to get involved.
0: Well, it's like when the bad guy in a movie reveals his plans to, uh, yeah. to the yeah. uh, protagonist. It's like, I'm just going to tell you everything we're planning to do, because how could you possibly get out of this situation? Oh, you've yeah. gotten out of this situation and now you know my plan and how to defeat it. Yeah. It's um. And this actually uh, leads on to my next point. So in this so we come to the scene where the gang confronts Steppenwolf. Uh, he has kidnapped. Taking the stairs though,
1: don't forget, they have to take the stairs. <laughs> they have the whole to take way the stairs. Oh
2: my god, that bit was so fucking funny. <laughs> like the ho- the, like the ho- all of the what? Justice League just walking up a spiral staircase. <laughs> <laughs> can,
1: can one of us fly at least? <laughs> uh, wait, didn't we? Didn't we come in a in a in a Bat Walker that could fly? this? Thing? <laughs> yeah. we can scale
0: buildings yeah, they arrive to confront Steppenwolf who's kidnapped uh, Cyborg's dad and a lot of the other scientists who have had exposure to the mother box. The point I want to make is why do people just stare at danger rather than run away from it? And especially towards the end of the scene where, for example, Steppenwolf redirects Batman's missile into the side of... This yeah. uh, I don't know what they're under, like a dam or something, and it lets yeah. water from the harbour start pouring in. And for the first couple of seconds, they they just stare at it like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah. And and then nothing. And then Aquaman comes in, thankfully, saves the day for maybe 30 seconds. He's holding off the water, clearly struggling. He's not stopping the water, he's holding it back for a second. Everyone starts running and Wonder Woman still stood there like, Oh this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> How long can you do that for? Uh, before eventually <laughs> running off. But
2: you have powers? Enough.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yes.
2: I also so, uh, question it's, why it's, he... I just wanted to know why the missile... Why he fired the missile at the wall rather than just back at them. But then I guess maybe the water... He thought the water... Maybe he did a risk assessment and he was like, the water's going to do more damage.
0: He maybe knew. He was like, yeah, I've seen the blueprints to this place. There's water out there. There's yeah. water in them, their walls. Let's assume there's um,
1: backstory that we're not aware of. Yeah, I also think in that, that scene, you know, when they first arrive, there's a really nice bit of um, set up between Steppenwolf and Wonder Woman where she obviously jumps down and they have that little, I don't know, I feel like there's some chemistry there or something or other because, like, they're looking at each other. Then he's, like, looking at his axe and they're looking back at each other. And, you know, I just, yeah, I just think that, you know, if if the world was a different place maybe it there could have been some yeah the yeah, little relationship or something going on maybe i don't like know because she's
0: still she's still pining over uh, chris pine that's sorry chris. <laughs> but yeah that's that's my complaint it's not just this movie it happens in every movie in like everything where there's action or horror or it's a thriller the main characters just stare at danger for far too long, and I'm constantly screaming at the TV: "Just please run! Just run! You can, you could be so much further ahead by now if you just
1: started running as soon as you spotted the danger." It's dramatic effect. Yeah, but if if I stare at this long enough, maybe it won't become an issue. Oh, yeah, no, if hey, I stare at this still long an enough,
0: issue. It's, it's it's the same, I guess, because it's my same complaint when um I'm watching a horror movie and someone goes into the basement. Because there's, you know, a ghoulie in the basement. It's like, just don't go in there. End
1: of yeah. movie. <laughs> why why movie. do people always go where there's danger? I don't understand those movies.
0: If there's banging in the attic,
2: just leave. Just yeah. move house. Just walk out. Just, get on just put the house on the market. Start yeah, start start, start creating a posting. Yeah. Purple bricks. Steppenwolf. So the, no, I was just, I
1: was just gonna say about obviously Steppenwolf then discovers the anti life equation, doesn't he? Yes. How in sync are we? I know. Um, Almost like the mother boxes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he finds the anti-life equation. There's, there's. I think there's a big question mark over this, isn't there? It's not particularly clear in what it does. I mean, in comic book lore, it's, uh, it's used to control people, basically. You know, once you've been controlled, you've effectively lost your life. So this is the anti-life equation. But it's... It's a strange one isn't it because it's just kind of it's written on the earth somehow and it's how do you how do they use like they can sense it but then how do they use it do they need to read it but it's basically just lines and an and, and omega symbol
1: yeah my my big question mark for this whole thing right is obviously if if you're to believe the whole backstory of you know the battle with uh, fuckboy Zeus and all that sort of stuff Darkseid obviously put the anti-life equation on Earth, so how the fuck did he forget where he'd put it? It's not exactly like you've lost your keys, mate. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's there. You knew where it was because you got really badly hurt in that battle, so you're not going to forget. Yeah. yeah. Like, how did he lose it? I don't get it. I've I've heard theories about when they fled, they didn't
0: know what planet it was on. Something like that. Like they didn't necessarily, they didn't know the mother boxes were on Earth until they woke up, um, because they Do go too. around so many hundreds of thousands of planets, destroying them. It was just one in a hundred thousand. They didn't. That's that's a theory I've heard, which is just they didn't know where it was. Um, that's poor. That's poor Excel spreadsheet keeping.
1: It, it. it is very poor. <laughs> poor admin. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly a, a biggie to put a X. Next to Earth in a spreadsheet, to say this is yeah. where we've left it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just like any sort of reminder. You could even have, you know, like Google does the whole remembers where your car's parked and stuff. So, mm. surely you could just go station? like, just go on Google Maps, be like, where was you know location history? Oh yeah, yes. yeah.
1: yeah, well exactly. All of this um, technology, and they couldn't even track where the hell they'd been.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: so we now get to the this conversation of bringing back Superman uh, which is kind of toyed with a little bit it's better I think it's done better than on the theatrical cut but the way it's kind of who's going to say it you know we're not saying it but who's going to say it Um, but then rather than just kind of there being I think maybe from there it could have cut to them um, discussing bringing soups back or going to the ship or whatever um but then cyborg creates that really awkward hologram of superman kind of in the middle of the table then he starts floating after i i don't know about that i'm not i think that's a bit odd
1: uh i well yeah i think the the whole hologram thing is a bit odd um but i think it lends itself quite nicely to you know the fact that they've kind of already made the decision that they need him so Mm. the, the conversation's almost a little bit irrelevant you know bruce wayne's has kind of been pushing for suits yeah. to be back for like yeah. the whole movie the whole already. movie mm. um and you know he's just awkwardly standing off at the side waiting for somebody else to say should, <laughs> should, 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 <laughs> do you reckon do you reckon we should try and bring him back oh uh yeah oh talk, that, that's a great idea what,
2: talk, what, talk about old uh, old clarky boy yeah yeah um, what was that superman bring superman back yeah no no yeah. no one said that no I, I think i someone said it maybe what was that was that
0: you no <laughs>
1: I'm sure, somebody, sure
0: did somebody say it yeah maybe cyborg didn't actually create the hologram maybe it was Bruce he'd like hacked into him something yeah. it's like no one's gonna say it okay Click. Yeah. <laughs> airdrop the hologram of- uh, oh great idea cyborg
1: yeah
0: um oh yeah yeah so it's as I said it was done a lot better than the theatrical version but uh that I think in particular the way it kind of paid off at the end was a little awkward. I don't think it had to be a hologram, though uh, I'm sure it did good things for the dramatic effect, but it just seemed odd.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. and then I think, you know, obviously I think closing off this chapter, we uh, get a little scene between Lois Lane and Clark's mum, don't we? Which is the final, yes. well... Clark's mum in air quotes because it's actually it's actually Martian Manhunter Martian Manhunter Mm. Um, which again I think the scene does a really nice job of adding to the story but again it's probably one of those scenes that anyone that isn't familiar with comic books is going to be left confused by who the fuck this shape-shifting guy is that's just had this conversation (laughs) and just wandered off didn't Um, didn't have a fucking clue yeah well yeah I suppose that, yeah, it would be good to get your take on it, Lou, because I'm guessing you didn't have any idea who he was. To be honest with you, I'd forgotten who he was until at the end when he obviously comes back. I was just like, who's this guy?
2: Yeah, it was more confusing because he shapeshifted from Clark's mum to the colonel and then to Martian shifter man.
0: (laughs) That's exactly his name. Yeah, And put some respect on it.
2: (laughs) Martian Um, man change.
0: Man change man Mar martian dude yeah I, I don't know why he even had to be there at all i mean maybe it become more apparent that she had to maybe he knew that she had to be somewhere had to be doing stuff um and get out of a you know get out of the house or whatever but it it didn't um there was no obvious payoff yeah, for him being agreed. there it was just a bit like he's he's like oh, i'm gonna go hang out with lois for a bit who wouldn't she mind turning up
2: unannounced oh i'll go as martha but also put, later on, on Martha clothes but then later on as well when those two characters are actually reunited with the the house scene at the end it's like sure like they, are they not going to speak about that like surely at some point lois is going to be like just wanted to say thanks so much for that chat we had the other day mm-hmm. and she'll be like what yeah. what chat? yeah mad uh, bitch. what what I haven't seen you about? in a while. <laughs> yeah, hey, you
1: were at my house the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah, thanks for the other night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah, so strange scene, but um,
2: I guess good introduction to, to the Martian. Yeah. But good, I don't know good. if it was, because I don't know if I I was introduced to him. I had to look him up to who he was, even at you the looked end. looked him I was up like, and down. Yeah, <laughs> I looked him up and down and I was like, I don't know you. I um yeah, I had to look him I had to look it up after the movie because well, it's still I think
0: it's, it's a, probably less of an introduction more of a oh person of interest um, mm, yeah. because he comes into it again later on you know clearly he knows more than uh, he knows you know certain things are happening and that's why it uh, arrives in the uh, epilogue
2: spoilers
1: spoiler I mean, spoiler yeah, alert
2: just, yeah so let's hope that People listening to this have actually already seen the movie because this whole thing's a spoiler. Yeah. It's, oh, it's
0: yeah. probably too late to. Yeah, we should probably make it
2: clear it. that we are talking about a real movie. That I was going to say out.
1: we didn't actually put a spoiler alert out at the beginning of this no. podcast, but so to so so it, so it, it is, point, yeah. spoiler alert. So yeah, we've, spoiled, we've only spoiled
2: <laughs> we've only spoiled the first two thirds and the end scene. So <laughs> you've still you can still enjoy a good still twenty five to thirty percent of that movie. Yeah, and that's good value.
1: So then we obviously land in the graveyard. Obviously, the majority of the team are in there uh, digging up Mr. Kent's body. Um, And the one question that I've got from this whole scene is why is Batman not there? You know, he's gone about this whole film talking about bringing him back and he's back in his little man cave tinkering with gadgets. He probably has a cool gadget to help dig it up, really. He's probably got a bat shovel or a bat digger.
2: Something. Didn't they allude to using, was Cyborg going to use his technology or something? Although oh, the Flash, wasn't he? Going to do, do it quickly and they tried to stop him from digging yeah, it quickly. I, I, I'm sure there's equipment so. made about like, oh, this could be done so much quicker and he was stopped from using his powers.
1: Yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like Batman's just not really added much to this whole film. No. And Flaunting he, wealth and just... He won't before the end of the film either. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one. But then, you know, obviously digging it up, putting it in the back of the van, nothing inconspicuous about that at all. Hmm. Um, but the other question that I've got is obviously they guard the fallen Superman statue in the centre of Metropolis, but they don't guard his actual grave. That is a good point. Um, I
2: did think about this, because does everyone in that city that, well, they, they don't know that Clark Kent was Superman, right? I mean, obviously quite a few people do. But are they all superheroes? It's
0: not really clear, is it? I mean, I th- if I remember correctly, at the end of Batman v Superman, they knew that Superman had died and there was also a memorial held for Clark Kent, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's going off very
2: broken up memory. Um because I figure having, like, regardless of whether or not they did an actual funeral for Clark Kent, surely someone would dig up Superman's body and keep it somewhere else other than a public graveyard.
0: I mean, they kept his spaceship in an open <laughs> air, <laughs> in an open air lab or containment. Yeah, very true. So I wouldn't very get true. too hung up on where he's buried i'm surprised his grave wasn't open air if i'm honest
1: also just be, not being funny but when you like even if you just see a picture of clark Kent next to superman who isn't looking at them and going you're the same person no because yeah. clark wears glasses
2: oh, oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. my bad True. yeah so, yeah
1: fuck well yeah sorry
2: that's why i took I mine off actually that. today
0: yeah, I mean, I I don't usually recognize people if they if they wear glasses. Mm. Actually, it's usually the yeah, it is the other way around. If people wear glasses a lot and you see them without glasses, it's quite hard to recognize them. Or if I take my yeah. glasses off, I can't recognize anyone. So
2: yeah, maybe that's maybe what that's it the is. logic. Yeah. yeah,
0: maybe maybe Clark figures or Superman figures when he's got his glasses off, he can't see shit, and he's like, <laughs> if I can't see them, they can't see me.
2: Yeah. That's definitely it. That's how he he got to Earth, and he was like, "I'm assuming these glasses things make me visible to people."
0: Yeah, he's he's got the mentality of a five year old. It's like he's just if someone if someone recognizes him one day, he will just cover his eyes. <laughs> no, you, you can't, can't see, see me. me.
2: His first uh, first encounter with Lex Luthor was uh, a peekaboo game, which obviously you learn very quickly that that glasses theory isn't correct.
1: Hmm. Didn't change anything though, did he? No. <laughs> So, yeah, obviously, after they dug up the body, they then decide to break into the open-air spaceship containment facility. But they went through the door, which was interesting.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Most of them them can fly or jump or have spaceships.
2: Did Victor do something?
1: Uh, Uh, They clear it out, don't they? They put a security alert on and contaminant warning, and they clear out the facility and Silas cyborg's dad obviously stays behind to because he knows that yeah. it's a false alarm yeah but yeah also how is superman's coffin floating did i miss something i swear no no, it's not floating is it i've just made that up or is it floating no, no it it is floating right i don't remember
2: them having it on a trolley or anything i feel like it was just floating around no i'm pretty sure you're right i'm, I'm pretty sure you're right it was it was hovering like does anyone have that ability uh what, hovering coffins <laughs> Like, well, like are you, telekinesis. You sure it wasn't that's... being
0: carried by someone with superhuman strength? Maybe, uh, the maybe strength it was a cyborg, perhaps.
2: Potentially. Oh. Well, that's what oh, I mean. An Does, was anyone using psychic powers to lift it? But maybe not.
1: I don't uh, think any of them no. know that move. But then, yeah, like you say, why didn't none of them? Why didn't they just go in over the top, clear everyone out, and just go over the top? It'd be too obvious. They'd have
0: to go disguised as pigeons.
1: <laughs> mm. Um. But, yeah, obviously, cutting further into that scene, um, you know, they obviously lay him in that pool of space water. Mm -hmm. um, Space gunk. Space gunk. um, Spunk uh, for short. (laughs) (laughs) Spunk of life. (laughs) Dip him in the spunk. Um, uh, Again, he's topless again, isn't he?
0: Of course, he is. I mean, he wasn't when they put him in, though. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh wait, who are we talking about, Clark? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When they put him in, and I paid very close attention to this, he was wearing a suit when they lowered him into the um, the spunk. But when he shot out of it, <laughs> when he shot out of it through the uh, through the roof, and uh, luckily it was an open air uh, lab because otherwise he would have damaged that as well. But true. I mean, clearly the friction in the spunk ripped his shirt off. It ripped his shirt yeah. off. It also ripped his shoes off and made his trousers really baggy, uh, like ripped flares yeah. for some reason. Um, also, uh, how
2: how long are these corridors that the Flash is able to get up to the speed of light? Uh, quite.
1: Yeah, they're really long, obviously. Okay, sorry. Yeah, obviously, Lou. God, they're, just they're at least long. 500 fact, feet.
2: Yeah, sorry, I am I am actually at just reading the, the backstory, the it's, lore, and it does say yeah quite quite
0: long quite, that yeah. corridor fun fact that corridor is as long as the runway on fast and furious i think is it fast and furious 5 where they're on this like mile long runway for 20
1: minutes <laughs> going <laughs> yeah. 200 miles an hour just keeps on going and going and going <laughs> um but yeah i think you know uh obviously there's the whole premonition that cyborg has just before it all kicks off, and then nobody ever mentions it again. I don't think. Yeah, I, I I did find it strange that Cyborg had this whole vision about
0: what could happen. He got it from somewhere. I think it's from the ship, and then he just didn't bring it up. Like he, yeah, he did say no, and Flash was like,
2: "Did you say go?"
0: Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. and then he runs, but yeah. but then after that he didn't go. Oh, we've made a terrible mistake. Um, yeah.
1: Like, didn't even, didn't bring it up, didn't mention it again. No. Just, just job done. Like,
0: I'll keep
1: that one to me.
0: <laughs> this was kind of, this was partly my idea. I don't want to tell them it was a terrible yeah. one.
2: Yeah. Could, could be yeah. jokes see what happens.
1: <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Jokes on you. Maybe he was doing a Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know? He just equated the 13 million different possibilities of what could happen. Um, and this was the best option. Yeah. And the the best bit about this is I've just seen Lou's face whilst I'm making this <laughs> joke, and it's blank. <laughs> You've not seen got, this film yet, have you?
2: I've got to remember. Yeah, I was going to say there was a, uh, a Doctor Strange, <laughs> uh,
1: where it's an Avengers reference. Yeah. yeah, I've
2: seen Doctor Strange. It was it was a while ago. But have though. you
1: seen Endgame? Because no. Cyborg
0: possibly just endgamed us. Yeah. No. So never mind. Never Spoiler, mind. by the way, if you Spoiler. haven't seen Endgame. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but yeah, uh, cool. Cool. Uh, look into the Flash's abilities. Obviously, we know he can run super duper fast and stuff. But we see kind of a uh, a look ahead into his power to warp time, uh, where so in the Whedon version he manages to touch the box. He touches that box at just the right time in the right place. But in the Snyder version. It's kind of, he's, you know, half a second too late, but as he's about Uh. to touch it, it rewinds a little bit, rewinds back out of the water. So this is kind of a a little bit of foreshadowing into, well, it's a bit more obvious than foreshadowing, really. It's just kind of a look into his abilities to bend time, turn back time Mm. and things like that. So that was a cool little detail, which obviously,
1: uh, further spoilers, come in handy later.
0: I don't know if either
1: of you find it, as annoying as I do, but the way that he runs when he's running fast floppy with wrists. his floppy wrists, it just really annoyed me. I think some are they less floppy in the Snyder cut. <laughs> I think they are.
0: I, think. I, I, for some reason, I remember being really distracted by how floppy his wrists were in the Whedon version, and then I remember watching the Snyder cut, thinking, "Here they come," and they were maybe thirty to forty percent less floppy.
1: That's I think a, that's um, a really accurate percentage. I think you're right.
2: I think if you go back and watch Let's um, do the math. some early episodes of Buffy, you'll notice that it's quite a and thing to have floppy wrists. Floppy so, wrists. Yeah, that's yeah. his sort of signature.
0: Yeah, I, I heard Fair. that The Flash learnt all he knew about floppy wrists from uh, Harry Potter when he has all the bones taken out of his
1: arm. We really yeah. need to stop spoiling movies for people. Sorry,
0: Sorry everyone. If that, you haven't yeah. watched Harry Potter, the the thing in the what's-it, then...
2: Magic stuff happens.
0: There's stuff and there's bones and then there's no bones. He gets floppy. This is a no-bone zone
2: he for just, Harry Potter.
0: Just loses it. And then he meets Ginny. Anyway, oh,
3: yeah,
0: back, back to the Snyder Cut... Which is the topic of this afternoon day? Superman is alive. He yeah. comes back to life, and boy, is he pissed! There's this is quite a cool action scene. Uh, I think there's lots of lots of wicked cool stuff happening. Uh, my a big takeaway from this scene, a big part that I really really like uh, is when everyone's fighting him. That Flash runs past him, so obviously mm-hmm. he's going to run past him, get the flank on him and save the day but as flash is running past superman with super duper speed and everything's in slow motion superman just looks around so everything's in slow motion apart from henry cavill's eyes which is a great party trick Uh, but i think it's just a really cool effect the way he's they're all in slow motion apart from the flash he his eyes turn first quicker and then he just kind of moves off and this kind of sets up this oh is Superman as fast as the Flash? Quite possibly.
1: I think the the big standout difference for this whole scene is the less lesser amount of shit Flash quips that obviously mm. got added in the theatrical cut, which yes. Snyder's obviously got rid of. And I think um, you know, there's obviously other bits and pieces that he's added into this whole sequence. The the obvious ending. Um, it's completely different obviously when he confronts Batman in the theatrical cut he lifts him up into the air and carries him around by his cowl for a little bit. but in this version he obviously gives him the old laser beam eyes, which I think um yeah i I think was just a a way of showing off his fancy new tech again.
0: yeah I think it was it was a bit it was a bit strange, wasn't it because Batman as always he was quite useless in this fight to be honest he showed up he didn't even put up a fight he was like no don't don't laserize me and then he shoots him with his laser eyes and that's about it and then Lois turns up yeah we've kind of brushed past another another favorite part of mine of this scene which is when cyborg goes to stop superman so this is when superman has spotted batman he starts charging over or floating over rather He's floating towards Batman, Cyborg shoots up towards him, holds him with his hands, and then these two little baby arms come out from his back <laughs> and, and start, like, I, I can't remember what it is, he starts slapping him across the head or something. I just, yeah, I just wanted to draw attention to those cute little
1: baby arms. They're great. Nice little added feature, I think. Mm. Um, what up, reminds me a bit of um, Amazing Spider-Man in the comics when he gives himself um, those mechanical <laughs> spider arms that shoot out of his back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I do think the whole the whole Batman no part is quite quite fitting because it actually shows a bit of mortality because I think he actually realizes just quite easily how Superman can kill him if he really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a nice little add on, and I mean obviously we've completely brushed over the fact that let's not forget this was a big CGI mustache removal scene in the theatrical cut. No, no, no CGI needed in the Snyder Cut yeah, version cool scene um,
0: I have a very apt note that I've written which is Batman as always does fuck all yeah, uh, accurate uh, and then yeah, uh, Lois Lane comes to save the day, tells Superman the sun is getting real low and wrong wrong movie, ah oh, shit <laughs> and, movie. Uh, and it calms him down and then they take off into the sunset.
1: Happily ever after. Happily ever after. But that's not the end, believe it or that not. That isn't the end. No, we then... <laughs> There's
0: still probably three hours
1: left. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is about three hours. It's not. Um, obviously, then, the big bad turns up. Mr. Steppenwolf. Yes. <laughs> crashes his way into the lab. Steppenwolf, west... no. <laughs> Steppenwolf, no. <laughs> I'm stuck. Stop Steppenwolf. <laughs> um... And then obviously, yeah, Silas is in his little lab, and he locks himself in, doesn't he, with the old laser beam and the mother yeah. box. Yes, I have a problem with this.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, with tell us with this grand sacrifice. So I get the point. I get, and this was covered in the, it was covered in the story a bit earlier on, which is if they fire fire these, uh, whatever it was, X rays, gamma rays. Stingrays, if they fire whatever these rays were at the mother box It will heat the core to the hottest temperature on earth Yada 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 Um, And then obviously it turns out the point of this uh, His plan was to make it easier for them to find the mother box So he wasn't trying to stop them He was trying to make it easier for the rest of the gang To find the mother box once Steppenwolf gets away with it My problem with this is why did Silas have to be in the box with it like he locked himself in there to die but he had a remote control he could have he could have stood like next to it he could have stood outside of this little room shut the You're door thinking too much ...click the button done the same thing and not died probably
2: i guess maybe he was maybe he wanted that if, if is that is that a, is that a lesser death than getting crushed to death by a giant alien dude he just
1: wanted to show his son that he was a badass I mean it
0: was a pretty badass way to go and he didn't even flinch, he was like I'm the daddy, bye and just noped out of existence it was was pretty great but he
1: possibly could have survived yeah Um, I agree and I feel like um, after that point is it just me or uh, does everyone in the Justice League turn up after the
2: fact. Just at like, the right moment. No, they turn up done, late. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Just at just the right moment to have... To enjoy or to to, to see the, just to take the, glory the situation room. unfold. And again, just to point out...
1: Batman wasn't in the room. It was all of them, bar is. Batman. He wasn't there. He was still lying by that police car. At this point, I, Alfred is more used than Batman.
2: Can we just... Can, can I just defend Batman a little bit, though? And we know that at the end of the film... He tries to buy that giant building so that they can form the Justice League. And I mean, I'm not aware of it, but I'm sure you guys had a difficult time trying to find a house you wanted to buy. So let's just give him a bit of, cut him a little bit of slack because I'm sure he was was out there dealing with realtors or whatever they have in different parts of the world.
1: Funny you should say that because... Actually, I forget he does turn up in this scene because he flexes his wealth about his six satellites that he's got to be able to find oh, the motherfucking
2: satellite. Uh, you have a satellite? I've got six. I've got six. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry, it's not I've got six. It's I, I've got six. Because apparently Bruce Wayne needs going? the accent as well. That's what I didn't understand about this movie. My comments on Batman throughout this movie that I wrote were uh, word for word Batsuit is rad. It was fucking rad. It's a pretty cool Batsuit. First time I've seen it, obviously outside trailers. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why Bruce Wayne needed to have the gruff voice. Ben Affleck's got a pretty, pretty handsome voice as it is. I don't know why he needed to gruff it up for Bruce Wayne. I get the Batman thing because that's, kind of that's kind of a thing that they do with Batman. But why is Bruce Wayne walking around, walking around, walking around like this?
3: Because
2: he's a badass. Because I'm
0: rich because reasons. Um, one thing I just since we're talking about bats, the one thing I wanted to bring up that I'm not a fan of. So I, I do like his suit. Um, I kind of like Batfleck. I really don't like the Batman logo they've gone with in this. Movie. Oh, it's awful. Absolutely. Dreadful. Yeah.
2: It's literally just like they've squished. Like he hasn't got a neck. He hasn't got a neck. He's got a very wide head and no ears. It's just like,
0: yeah, such a bad logo. Uh, like they've had some really good renditions, and it, 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 it's a similar kind of thing with some of the Spider Man logos. I think I'm not massively into the, the ones currently being used for Tom Holland because that's kind of similar. It's you know, the body of it's too chunky, there's not enough going on around it. The Batman logo used in uh Christopher Nolan's Batman was really cool, it's like really nice shapes, nice curves. Mm-hmm. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Can't get I can't up about it.
2: I agree, though. All about it curves. was a Especially at the end when you see it very prominently sat on that spotlight. You're just like, that is... It's just like, it looks like some like a knockoff. <laughs> yeah. in, as in, they rushed it. They were like, fuck, we need a bat symbol. Like It's like drawing the bat symbol from memory as a five-year-old child and then sticking it on the spotlight. It's just, just like, a potato oh,
0: print. It, it is. But when you see it, like, up on the clouds, you see the shadow. And it's just, it's just a fucking blur. It's nothing I
2: just, a blob. Yeah, it's just, it really, it is just an oval. It's just a shadow oval. Yeah. Um... I need to fight. Sorry, I'm, I'm, you carry on. I'm going to pull this up as we're talking because I need to see this again. You pull it up. Pull it
0: up. Uh, my next notes. I've jumped straight to the final battle. Uh, is that where everyone
1: is? Uh, well, we obviously. The next scene we see is. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no definition. Sorry. It's just, Lou not is good. just showing everyone
2: yeah, well, it's just not, in the room. It's just not, not good, is it? Logo.
1: It's just chonky. It's,
2: it's too chonky, chonky. chonky yeah.
1: boy. It just looks. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. chunky man. Um, yeah, I mean, the next scene that I've got is obviously we go back to Clark's childhood home yes. um, and obviously he finally puts a shirt on. I mean, that's probably my Thank my, note of,
2: my then, note of point. Um, and then he then continues to wear move. that for a while, right? That flannel stays on for a couple of scenes. He should have yeah. worn that flannel in the final
1: fight, really.
2: I, also, I really almost did, I, I swear. <laughs> How-
1: Again... I feel like there's too many people that know where to go without being told where to go. Mm. His mum turns up at the house. How did she know that they were going to fly there? How does she know that he's back? I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's probably been on the news by now, but he could have flown anywhere.
0: It's probably Martian Manhunter. He's like, oh, Clark's here. I'm going to go for a cuddle. (laughs) Yeah,
1: hug time. (laughs) It's
0: kind of time for Um, a hug.
1: Yeah. And then I suppose after that scene... Because we can just brush over it because it didn't really do much for the story. No. Um, well, obviously, apart from confirm Clark and Lois's engagement because she said yes after he was dead. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He was
2: hoping he could get out of that, but no such luck. <laughs> he had to bring he was him like, back. Well, didn't he? at least I'm dead. <laughs> Don't
1: have to commit yeah. to that anymore. Got out, got out of that one. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, yeah, as you say, Bunny, we then go into the whole attack planning sequence back in the. Is it, is it a bat cave? Are, are they in the bat cave? Because we never actually know if they're in a cave, if they're in no. a warehouse. Where I think are it's, they?
2: Well, they're talking about secure... I imagine it's like some sort of... I, I thought it looked just like a basement at Wayne Enterprises. Like it just kind of looks like a warehousey thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just hide but yeah, out an office block. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I paid for this whole this, office block. It's like a communal office block. It's like one of those free ones you just go to. There's free coffee. There's fruit bowls. Like right oh, yeah. next to him, there's a small startup. Yeah, don't Company. mind them. It's just one Bruce those, Wayne. <laughs> It's just Bruce Wayne <laughs> and his friends. These one guys of those motability, motability
2: sh- officers in a car wash.
0: Yeah, someone's trying to sell conikers, and right next to him, these guys are trying to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's going on over there, guys?
2: Guy comes don't, down trying to, trying to sell, trying to sell Bruce Wayne a new phone case. He's like, "How did you get in here?" <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman let me in when she broke <laughs> brought you a million pound security. I paid a million pounds for the security. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like...
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this whole battle sequence thing... It didn't really work for me. It just felt like a pointless add-in scene. Um, I feel like it could have just been Cyborg fixing the plane and then them flying out of there. Yeah, because we didn't really see Cyborg
0: actually touch the plane whatsoever. It just kind of f- flew down is and it's like, oh you fixed it yeah it wanted to fly what it wanted... <laughs> yeah it's in its nature to fly
2: <laughs> also wasn't this this thing was fucked, right and like yeah. didn't bruce wayne at one point wasn't the line that you know they'd had the Br- wayne enterprise's best aerospace engineers on this and they couldn't do anything about it and bruce wayne was just kind of doing it himself and yeah. then cyborg yeah, but- came in who's obviously his power is that he can interface with things Making things that like child's play was one of the lines, wasn't it? Making it look, look like breaking into a mainframe was child's play. And he comes in, he's like, I think I can probably do something with this. You're like, Why oh, I fucking hope so, mate, because that's, that's kind of why you're here. Mm. <laughs> it's the only it was, reason we brought you along. It's kind it. of your shtick.
0: It was, Cyborg obviously used to work at QuickFit. It was like, <laughs> oh, I think we might be able to do something with I don't know, uh, leave it with me for, pro- for a couple of <laughs> hours. You come out later, it's like, oh, man. I'm going to have to completely rebuild this. It's <laughs> <I> just <laughs> stripped out everything. Oh boy, is this going to be expensive? Uh, <laughs> Bruce, oh yeah, he saw Bruce coming. I've changed,
2: bul- changed your bulbs though, that's only six quid. So.
0: Bruce, Bruce made the mistake of saying how much his security costs and he's like, well, fuck me, if he can afford this on yeah. security, how much can he afford to fix this plane? Well, this definitely needs new tyres. Go, yeah, goes front oh, and rear. You know? Yeah, he's, he's need doing, you need blinker fluid. <laughs> Blink.
1: Um, um, yeah, and then I suppose obviously then they all go flying off over to this Russia, isn't it? Is that where the, the old dome is in Russia? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a nuclear power plant, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's um, it's
2: it's a Marvel Chernobyl, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but then obviously uh, running parallel to that, we've got Soup's back in his little ship with the nice overlay of his dad speaking to him whilst he's sauntering through. With the suits opening up, and we obviously see the uh, the red and blue suit open behind him, but his eyes are caught by something else.
0: There are a few suits. Sorry to interrupt. But there are a few cool looking suits. There are the that world. very there. first
2: one was fucking cool.
0: There's some real cool ones. Is like, and I believe there was one that looked a bit like armor. So yeah, maybe, that was the very first one. Yeah, maybe the and one kind kind of looked like a space suit. So it'd be cool to see if they come into it at a later. Put po- well or well, they would have uh, had Snyder stayed on the original project.
2: Sorry to interject. That that whole kind of Spider-Man setup where his suits are and Spider-Man? where the, the Spider-Man. A Spunk... A Spider-Man? Spunk. Yeah, Spider-Man. I watched the wrong film. Shit. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man and spunk. Yeah, with the whole uh, Superman spunk pool slash suit thing. Was that in the lab? Was that a part of the lab? I didn't really that understand was, the positioning. Of-
0: that was in the ship... Which was right. in the open air of course stadium. Got you. That was hidden behind the
1: locked doors of the lab.
2: Yeah.
0: Of course.
1: Yeah. Got ya. Um yeah, so obviously he dons the old um charcoal spandex mm-hmm. and uh steps outside and then we get a nice little slow mo of him interacting with Earth as he's about to take off. Yeah, really nice touch, um,
0: where is just before he takes off is Kind of cool gravity things are happening.
1: There's some little mm. pebbles that are floating around him. Uh, yeah, really nice effect. Reminded me of um, The Matrix, because they do that with Neo, don't they, before he flies. He gets all that cool gravity shit going on around him as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then obviously we cut over to um, Superman dropping his mates off at the pool. <laughs> and then um, he obviously puts his little bat goggles down and goes ham at the uh, at the dome.
2: Those bat goggles are a little bit,
1: a bit lame. They're well, a little bit get, lame, aren't they? You don't want to get any like See, sun flare in your eyes. I like to imagine like
0: Batman with his little goggles are like guys that look think they look cool in aviators. And I'm sorry if you guys, <laughs> I'm sorry if, you, if either of you wear aviators, no, <laughs> or, you're all right. or anyone listening for that matter, um, and. Don't get me wrong. I've worn aviators before and thought I looked like the the absolute I've, dogs nuts.
2: But yeah, uh, I've I've worn them long enough to know that they don't fit my face.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, they looked cool in Top Gun, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so unless you look like Tom Cruise, then uh, yeah, I'm afraid it's not going to work for you. There's, uh, there's, a there's weirdly... someone listening to this wearing aviators, crying their eyes out. Yeah. Luckily, you can't see it through their cool aviators
2: aviators yeah. the sunglasses for cool people
1: we'd still take a an aviator sponsorship though. i was
2: yeah, gonna say yeah just at this use. point for any sponsors listening we aren't um we aren't affiliated with any brands and we also uh if you want we can also do a deal where we just slug off competitors as well as promote your own brands so yeah just, just something to think about
0: oakley's a shit
2: yeah fuck oakley's man oh <laughs> oakley's 2002 called Yeah, they want their sunglass brand back.
0: Oakley's, you can only wear them on the back of your head.
2: Yeah. Oakley's, for when you want people to know that you ski.
1: (laughs) Um, Aviators, when you want to look like Tom Cruise.
2: Really cool, like, Aviators, for when you want to look like Batman in the new Justice League movie.
1: I bet you can probably buy replicas of those glasses. I'm not even joking. I I bet you somebody's made them. Oh yeah, Definitely.
2: They're like um, they're weirdly they're like, pointy, right? If my memory correct, like, yeah. Like they're a wrong. The, no, yeah, but not in the wrong, not in the back.
0: They go in the wrong direction. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like it's here, like you he, it's like he put the wrong lenses on each eye, and so he just because I swear there's that moment where he like looks up to do a nod at one of the other characters, and he kind of looks up, and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> talking about weirdly placed eyewear.
1: Have you seen somebody's? drawn where Tom Holland's eyes must be for where the spider lenses are. (laughs) His eyes are like by his ears. They're so wide apart. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: I love it. I'll forgive it because I love the Spider-Man suit.
2: Well,
1: fucks up your eyes.
2: (laughs) Not like aviators, though. No.
1: Aviators can cover your eyes no matter where they are on your face. (laughs) TNF. Um, so yeah, obviously Bruce is going ham at this this dome. Makes a little esque, just got to knock a little louder quip.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. about all he does for the whole movie. So he makes his way through the through the <clears throat> dome force field of justice, and makes his way through, shoots something else which apparently doesn't regenerate. It in fact knocks down the rest of the dome. So that's cool. He
1: knocked down it's the Jenga the tower. It's oh, the pillar. But the pillar
0: is made of the same stuff as the rest of the dome, Rich.
2: Yeah, but it's and on also, the inside, so it's softer. He, he oh, fired like soft pink. He, he fired like fifteen rounds at that thing, like shield and tower. Like they, two, it took two cubes to fully form that that defense. Another and three, suddenly, yeah. Bruce, Bruce, I mean, yeah, but uh, the, oh yeah, of course. But didn't the shield the, the first bit of the tower was the first one. And the second bit was the bigger no, tower and the overhead one, shield. the first right. one just
0: made things a bit funky. Funky. The oh, okay. second one made the half Easter egg, uh, and then the third one I don't know just fucked it up.
2: Yeah, but he but he destroyed the Easter egg and the tower with like, I mean, with love. I, I would I was quite taken aback with how quickly that happened.
1: Yeah. yeah, but let's not forget that as soon as he destroyed the pillar he then decided to crash into a building (laughs) (laughs) could have just pulled up flown away but he just decided to ditch it
2: it's fine i saved
1: the day guys sorry my my other
2: my other cars are mercedes so i don't the controls are different in this
0: it's just like wonder woman saving the that bank whatever it was from exploding and then she fucking blows it up herself
1: yeah (laughs) that's that's a theme in this movie talking about other cars obviously i reckon he did just Fucking crash that jet just so that he could flex the Batmobile a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, must have done. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I suppose then we then move into the beginnings of the assault on the Stronghold.
3: Yes.
1: Um, a few key points for me in this whole whole little transition sequence as they make their way in. Number one is the soundtrack. I think they've they've absolutely bossed the new soundtrack on this movie. Agreed. Um, I think, yeah, they obviously have nice quips for each of the characters. They've got their own little jingles to play them in. Mm. Um, the second point is Arthur surfing a bad guy through a building. I thought that was very good. Um, and then making a shish kebab out of mm-hmm. two enemies with his trident. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Aquaman really shone in in that particular the scene. He did some really cool things. He surfed a guy. Uh, he was collected up by Cyborg while in the air and said something really cool like "My man," which is always. I think that belongs in every movie. Uh, the only thing that would have made it better was if he was wearing aviators.
1: Yeah, I mean that would have actually made it. I'm not even joking. <laughs> just that would they been. came
0: like in the frame before that. He's not wearing aviators, <laughs> and then just suddenly <laughs> aviators, "My man." Or so he just flips,
2: a, flips a pair of Oakleys from the back of his <laughs> head. The back of his head. Yeah. That's the deal, is that he can only be shown in certain poses with those glasses. Like Ray-Ban are very specific with, with what you're allowed to do with the characters when they're wearing them.
0: <laughs> they have to be flying through the sky saying a really cool <laughs> yeah. tagline.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously we go straight into the, the big fight, don't we? Um, yes. The all-out assault. Um, That's obviously, Steppenwolf's now absorbed some badass shit from the mother boxes because his eyes are—he's got glowing, some crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking tripping out. He is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I just thought it was yeah, it was a good little sequence. Obviously, Barry's doing his laps, getting up his speed. He's getting uh, his steps in. Getting his steps in, doing his little limp wrist run. <laughs> um, Victor's taking his sweet ass time to connect to the mother boxes, yeah, um then obviously you know they're fighting and fighting and fighting, flash gets shot stops stops running um obviously cyborg's still waiting to plug himself in and say one eventually says that he's ready, Steppenwolf goes to smash him up, takes his sweet ass time to do it then. Guess who comes in whilst he's taking his time? Superman! I'm saved today, and I must
0: say it is a badass save. Takes yeah. that axe to the chest like a fucking boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better <laughs> was if he was wearing Oakleys. No, wearing <laughs> Aviators.
2: Oh, we fucked the sponsorship. Oh, no! Oh, well, I was going to say, imagine it. He just takes sorry, the- Aviators.
1: Takes the axe to the chest, and whilst whilst his, <laughs> the axe is still resting, he just out of his pocket just pops <laughs> some aviators the aviators
0: on, <laughs> blows it away, and there's Aquaman. MAMMY!
2: you know it says like you know it says like chromatic mirrored ones as well with like, the rainbow effect. You just know it. Yeah, and you can see
0: Steppenwolf
1: reflected in it, just shitting his pants like
3: my axe.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I think. Quite cool, um, very cool. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, Soup's just goes on a beatdown with the rest of the team. Oh, he goes nuts. He he shows everyone up.
0: Like if he had been there all along, if he had put if he had put his top on sooner, and just got there a little bit quicker, he could have fucked Steppenwolf up much much sooner. He, he gives them an absolute beatdown. It's great. I love like he gets his laser vision. He, laser cuts side, he gets his yeah, laser he cuts involved. Cuts off his horn. That's fucking great.
2: We cut his fucking head off, doesn't he? Before he gets to that. No, portal. doesn't. He? It's not
0: him. What? Watch the it's movie the Wonder Woman. It's Wonder Woman with her. Oh shit. Uh, sword Bear of sword. Justice, or something. Uh, um, but we're spoilers. We're not yeah, there we're yet. The Stop with
1: the spoilers, please. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, obviously. You know, whilst all this is happening and Superman's doing his little punchy-punchy, Flash is lying on the floor with a gashed side, telling himself that he needs to heal himself. Um, All the time uh, being with the mother boxes coming together, the unity happens, the big bad boom occurs, um, and that's when, you know, the aforementioned um, time walk takes place and we see the flash heal himself in the couple of seconds and then he starts time walking and the 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 floor starts appearing beneath him yeah i thought it was really cool i
0: thought it was a really cool visual i mean it's not necessarily clear kind of what happens in in that space like what has disin- like has the whole world disintegrated and then <clears throat> he's walking through space so if you really get hung up on the science of it, you can drive yourself a little bit insane. But no, really cool visual, at least as he's running and kind of the ground is rebuilding
1: below him. Uh, I really like mm. that. Uh, that touch. Yeah, I, th- I think the whole thing was pretty well done, to mm. be honest. Um, really I nice really, sequence.
2: There's a really good bit where he catches it, I think when it's going in reverse and Superman's holding his hand out or he's holding his arm out and you can see like the... Muscle and blood and stuff start to reform yes. around the skeleton, Yeah. which is really cool.
0: <clears throat> really nice, tasteful gore. I think we'll yeah, call that. yeah, tasteful, really gore. nice, tasteful gore. Um, um, and so yeah, so the Flash gets his tu- He touches Cyborg up. He gives him a bit of that that static juice, and uh, this sends him. I guess sends Cyborg into the Unity where. He's faced with a situation where he sees himself and his parents, and he's got a. Uh, he realizes pretty quickly that it's fake, tears them apart, and uh, and that's that's that cool bit really. He saves the day, so he's gone from a bit of a nobody in the Whedon cut to really the the hero of of uh, of the Snyder cut. But obviously, he couldn't have done it without.
1: Without his, league, without his League of Friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, that's yeah. nice. I suppose, uh, as well, obviously, rounding off this scene, um, obviously, Steppenwolf meets his demise. Mm. Um, and everyone has their own little pound of flesh before they punt him through the, the um, portal back to Dark Side, which obviously is a million times better way to go than being torn apart by his little parademons like he was in the theatrical release because they smelt his fear yes
0: and I think um, it's, it's good that by the end Steppenwolf's story comes to uh, comes to a head haha <laughs> I like it
1: <laughs> um, also can we just take a moment to compliment Darkseid and his ball control the way he trapped he, that head
0: absolute techers
1: yeah uh, what? <laughs> imagine if
0: he just started you know just keep-y do keepy uppies with the dark side head. Um, you know, aviators out of nowhere. <laughs> <He's> just
1: <laughs> aviators for everyone. Just starts throwing A- yeah, them into the crowd.
0: Everyone, like even uh, even Steppenwolf's head has aviators on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the only one wearing. <laughs> he's Oakley's. wearing Oakleys. Scrub. Uh, one thing that got me. Obviously, they howled for a second, as they always do. They just stared into this, oh. I guess, wormhole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had Darkseid, you had uh, Desaad, you had all of the parademons, you know, his army of parademons that are now going to come to Earth. Uh, Superman could have just laser-visioned all of them. Just one yeah. clean sweep, just... <laughs> end.
1: I really wish that that had been the sound effect for his laser vision throughout the whole movie.
3: Ha. Ha. Meow. Pew, pew,
1: Oh, God. So,
0: yeah, I think that... Uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? In real life, maybe he would have done it, but this is a movie, and at the time it was setting up a series of movies <laughs> that would have followed. But, yeah, Superman just... He, he could have gone straight to Darkseid's face,
1: laser vision, <laughs> he's gone.
3: Pew,
0: pew.
1: End, end of everything. Pew, pew. But, yeah, as you say, though, they were setting up more movies, which I'm sure we'll we'll touch on before we wrap up about the plans.
0: So with Steppenwolf dead, we now come to our superhero uh, collective shot. So they're all stood on top now of, the, uh, of this power plant thing, uh, even though most of them don't fly or jump really high. But whatever, they're now on a really high place for a cinematic ending. Uh, panning across them... Uh, I couldn't help but try and compare who had the best hair. Was it Gal Gadot or was it Jason Momoa? Uh, you know, they were both... <laughs> Momoa. 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 Momoa? Momoa. Momoa. Jason Momoa. Momoa! <laughs> Jason Momoa! Jason Momoa! Jason Momoa. Who had the best hair blowing in the wind? Because I think it was Jason. I think it was uh, I, I think, think Momoa in, Aqua. I think
2: most man. of his movies he's got Some incredibly on point hair.
1: I mean, I think it was Aquaman. Salt water is trash for hair, so how he manages to keep it so shiny and fresh, I need to know. I'll tell you Head and Shoulders for men. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we'll get them as a
0: sponsor.
2: Yeah.
1: That's the message from our sponsor.
0: They don't sponsor us, but, you know. We could have have made a head and
2: shoulders joke about Steppenwolf as well, couldn't you?
0: Head and shoulders above the rest.
2: We could add it in later.
0: Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll add him. We'll do it live.
2: Do it in post. Um. Um, that shot, I I get it. I get why it needs to happen. However, do you not think that the pose was that of a incredibly staged Getty image?
0: It was quite. I like,
2: I like. It. they could have done anything, right? They could have had them like walk it. I mean... I know the movie doesn't use slow motion that much, but they probably could have used it a little bit in that scene um, where they were walking away. They could have been walking away from that scene and had them like really nicely slow-mo in. Or wearing aviators. Or wearing aviators. (laughs) But instead it's just kind of like, you can imagine that if you zoomed out a bit, they've probably got hands balled up into fists, pushed up against their hips. Like (laughs) classic... I don't know, comic book expo pose. Yeah, what wasn't a fan of that?
0: Yeah, is 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 a bit much, but I mean, it's it's a fantasy movie. It's... I was going
2: to
1: say, do you think that that was his original end frame? Because I feel like that is an uh, that is an end frame
2: shot for a movie. Yeah, mm. feels like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, following on from that, uh, we arrive at the epilogue. Epilogue. epilogue.
1: Um, no. so this Doesn't it f- kick off again with Bruce flashing cash around again?
0: Uh, is it not the Father Twice Over that starts off the epilogue? So we start with Cyborg. Ah,
1: we do, don't
0: we? Potentially is. So we've yes. got. <clears throat> so we've got. Uh, so we start with Father Twice Over, which is Cyborg uh, because he talks with the technology, lives with the technology, and reads with the technology he brings back this little uh voice recorder that that Dario made him listens to it and it's all real touchy-feely so that's nice
2: touchy, touchy. he originally crushed right
0: he originally crushed it but he was then, angry but then due to you know Events. cyborg magic he now uncrushed it
2: was it do you think it was because of the because the the square things the cubes jesus christ what's wrong with me did I even watch this movie? I don't mother know. I the Mother Boxes. The Mother Boxes. The SpongeBob Square Boxes. <laughs> the SpongeBob Square Boxes. They do that thing, don't they, where they, they can unmake something or make something from something that has been unmade. So was that... Do you reckon that it, voice recorder do, was reformed somehow? It's
0: more to do with him, I think, because of his okay. ability, which is to communicate with... Intelligence was what he said, but it's basically to to fix shit that's broken. Yeah. Does, that, yeah, that, mean, does that
1: mean he can make things piece themselves back together? He didn't touch it. He did. The things, the <laughs> things he moved. Um, they moved yeah. on their own. Maybe he's was the one that was carrying Superman without touching it, the casket. Oh shit!
2: Plot, plot do twist. Do 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 do. Yeah. There we go. Cyborg is dark side. Confirmed Whoa. Half-Life 3.
3: Um
0: <coughs> Lex Luthor Escape. So this is the next part of the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the five-part series of epilogues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lex Luther escapes from Arkham, which is which is neat. Uh he's bold and he meets up with Deathstroke on his yacht. And all things are cool, uh, apart from it's not because he tells Deathstroke that
1: Batman is really
0: spoiler alert
1: Bruce Wayne. Wait, whoa. since when? Nah, I'm calling BS on that. It might. Yeah, he wears glasses. It might be that a doesn't sound bro. like canon. <laughs> he wears aviators. <laughs> he only wears Just aviators.
2: Cycle back to the Lex bit from him in the prison. Yes, sir. As a, as a guard, would you go in? to a cell where someone wasn't responding to you and was just you staring def- at the back wall i would i'd be fucking out of there
1: you definitely wouldn't in arkham asylum because no yeah you know, not
2: in arkham like christ alive bad
1: things happen in arkham bad things happen in gotham He know he knows what arkham
2: Germany. is right the, the guards are aware of fully aware of where he works first day on the job
0: <laughs> and last day i think it sent him yeah. in as a he, newbie yeah yeah i mean he can't have I think he got his P forty five out of that day. He yeah. let one of the biggest criminals escape just because there was some other dude who was bald in his cell. Um so yeah, he's he he's no longer working at Arkham. Poor
1: guy. Um if anyone has any jobs for him, please send them over to us and we'll pass them along. Yeah.
2: Or if you know who he is and um, we can get out in touch and maybe you can get him on the podcast. Thanks.
1: Sponsored by Aviators. Well, let's hope he, so. And he will get a free pair of aviators yeah. if he does come onto the podcast. We can arrange that. We
2: can arrange yeah. that. We'll get him to recycle his old Oakleys.
0: Let's go to the next, uh, uh, the next epilogue. epilogue part three. Epilogue part three or five. It's probably three or four. Uh, we're now looking at this kind of future nightmare sequence, uh, or what's what is also known as post-apocalypse, spelled
1: A P O K O L I P S. To be uh, Is that not that's the name of Darkseid's planet. Yeah. Fun fact for you. Yes, oh. correct.
0: So it's kind of this apocalypse scenario. Spelled, spelled funkily. But yeah, this nightmare scenario. Uh, in this in this sequence, uh Deathstroke has he now has a badass Mohawk, but no aviators. Uh he's uh, so Deathstroke is joined with Batman and slightly older Flash, which is yeah. cool. Uh, I, I don't know, is is Flash is slightly older Flash played by the same guy or is this? Yeah, is yeah. This I think it's one? still.
1: A, I think it's still Ezra Miller. Still, I like think he's on. just. I think he's just got a cool goatee now. He's just. Yeah,
0: he he same Flash but different facial hair and armored suit. So that's sweet shall we let's let's talk about the the elephant in this scene, which is Jared leto's joker mm. revisited do we mm. talk about him with or without the mustache uh let's let's talk about the mustache I mean clearly it was an April Fool's joke right I think it was an april Fool's joke uh I'm gonna assume that Lewis has not heard this uh so you can have a moment to google it if you like. Uh, But there was something released on April the 1st, I think it was uh, Through the Loop, um, that basically showed these behind-the-scenes footage talking about how the Joker, uh, he had his must... Or Jared Leto, he grew a moustache because reasons, and basically Zack Snyder didn't make him cut it off, but they CGI'd it out. This... We're, we're going to obviously blanket assume that this is an April <laughs> Fool's joke because it's yeah. ridiculous, and it's obviously a callback to getting rid of Henry Cavill's uh, moustache, or pretty poorly, uh, a poor attempt to at getting rid of Henry Ca- Cavill's moustache. Cavill. Cavill. Cavill Costner. Um, and yeah, so, but that would be a fun
2: fact. It'd be great if it was real, but I don't think it was it looks like it wasn't however they paid kind of looks kind of looks a lot creepier with the mustache i think it could have mm, worked you know
0: it possibly could have i mean you could only really improve on this rendition of the joker i mean i'll, I'll be honest it's he's not he's far from my favorite joker but this is a massive improvement on the suicide squad joker
2: so oh, I think that's, that needs to be next on my list. I've not seen that film yet either. I wouldn't, I, uh, this is actually the first time I've seen Jared Leto as the Joker in a movie. Um,
0: then you've been spoilt ahead of Yeah, the, I really
2: have. It's one. also like, yeah, it almost... I know that you've got to be really careful in um, expecting people to follow the performances of others, but it feels like even that short snippet really highlights... How great Heath Ledger was! Yeah, as the yeah. Joker, like really phenomenal. Absolutely. I, I mean, there's that.
1: no denying he was stand out, best yeah. Joker ever. Yeah, yeah, agreed.
2: Um, and like too, I feel like the, like the laugh was really creepy. I quite enjoyed the laugh a little bit, but Ooh, I just feel like he doesn't have the. I I don't know what I don't know what it was.
0: It looks like a guy playing the Joker. Like, yeah, he was, it, he it, was I did. Agree, bit, I agree. He was a bit too kind of theatrical. Uh, And not in a good way. He reminds me of, um, he's not quite this bad, but have you seen that video from about 20 years ago that went around YouTube of that kind of this theatre class kid who's putting on this little show of the, uh, well, they involved the Joker, and he's like, I'm the Joker, baby! And he was absolutely (laughs) awful. This is like one tier above that, I think. So it's a massive improvement on the previous rendition. He looks much creepier, but I just don't think um, nah. that we're going to be able to polish this turd enough to make us forget that it's Jared Leto. And I'm not saying Jared Leto is a bad actor. He's, he's had some really good roles, but I don't yeah. think he's, I don't think he's
1: nailed the Joker in this. I agreed. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like the dialogue between him and Batman though. A little bit of, a little bit of banter. Fun banter. Yeah. it seems it obviously was setting up something for the
0: for the following movies because he was saying about how Saint Joker was saying to Batman about how he needs him, how Bats needs the Joker, and then for his reach arounds. For his reach arounds, obviously, mm. there's no one else. It's a you know post apocalyptic world, and um, yeah. so yeah, I think there's and, and they were talking about uh, kind of multiple. Uh, did, it, did I hear this right there was kind of multiple universes they were talking about multiverse yeah they
1: they they kind of hinted at multiverse but i think the the key bit of dialogue was obviously the fact that lois lane died because of something that batman did and that's obviously why superman went off on one and decided with dark side i can't say batman's a great friend at this point no Um, But then obviously he did get one back over on the Joker by bringing up Harley Quinn (laughs) and the fact that she died in Batman's arms. Yeah. Sad times. Poor R.I.P. Margot Robbie. And I think there will be...
0: uh, I think the it was probably my favourite line of the whole movie was when Batman was saying about and I, I promised Harley Quinn when I'd kill you. Yeah. And I will fucking kill
3: you.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And just yeah, that that was a great line. <clears throat> I think they used. Cause you probably get. Uh, I don't know what this is rated, but I think that was probably the only fuck in the movie. Maybe it was well used.
2: Yeah, it might have been. Definitely, yeah,
0: definitely dropped at the right moment.
1: I think.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: that was um, so. That was that was easily the best part of Batman
1: <laughs> of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hands down, there was. It doesn't like compare to any of the other shit that he brought to that movie, yeah. apart from his money. Well, yeah. yeah, I was
2: gonna say I don't know. He had a pretty sweet Mercedes. He
0: brought that money True. and that sweet Mercedes deal, and his aviators, and his aviators. Uh, so then we have Bruce waking up in his uh, in his bed in his Malibu house,
1: which got that is... Superman turning up.
0: Oh, I'm terribly sorry. So before he wakes up, Superman now back in the blue and red. Uh, Yeah, weird. Why has that happened? I don't know. Uh,
1: Multiverse. Multiverse. Oh,
0: yeah. Good shout. uh, He's been back to his sperm room, and he's picked up the blue and red. Now he's there to fuck shit up. Throw a spunk around. Throw a spunk around. Then Bruce wakes up from his wet dream, and he's greeted outside by... It's not... uh, it's not Martha Kent, but it is Martian Manhunter, um, and he's he's come to say hello. He's come to tell him about some stuff that's, that might happen, and basically just says, "I'll give you a call.
1: We'll yeah. call call me. Here's my card. We'll be in touch." Yeah,
0: and uh, um, end scene, end scene, end movie.
2: Yeah. Well, like no, then there did... was the bit. Wasn't there the very end bit with the. When was them buying the the Justice League building?
1: That was epilogue, epilogue two. I don't think we no, touched upon it? that. Um, that was my yeah, favourite part. He obviously wanders into that hall and he, I want a big round table in the middle with six chairs. <laughs> for but six like room rooms for And more. more. But, but room, room for, for more, more,
2: please. But um, I could have more friends, is that all right? Are we having
3: a tea party?
2: Alfred, is it all right if I invite more than six people? <laughs> no, it's a pandemic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not um, until Boris says... Yeah,
1: but I yeah, it was a weird it was a weird ending, but obviously all of those epilogues were just to set up, you know, to the next movie and then cuz I think um he was planning three in total, wasn't he? This being the first, yeah, with this two after this was
0: going to lead in sev- into several movies that followed and and I don't think we're going to get those now because oh. obviously in the theatrical cut I, I think the theatrical cut is being used as canon. Um Snyder cut is not, and so a lot so, of the setting up that happened.
2: Oh right, mute. okay. Is that is that why we think it's not getting done? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a shame. I think because I, I think, felt like it was a good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: I mean, they might. I mean, now now the studio might pull off, pull their fingers out and go, "Okay, yeah, we fucked up, uh, and we've tried to fix it by letting the Snyder cut be released. It's been released. It's been a runaway success, and." Uh, So let's let's let the uh, the Snyderverse.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, because he um, Kevin Smith spoke to him about his plans, and they did sound quite cool. Because obviously, Kevin Smith did an interview and dropped some knowledge bombs. How true they are, I don't know, but obviously, Number Two was apparently supposed to be set on apocalypse, and uh, they actually take the fight to Darkseid as you said, Barney, why he didn't just blast him through the hole? Uh, that being the uh, the wormhole, obviously. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, no idea why, but apparently he had plans for number two to bring in the Green Lanterns as well, which would have been a nice little introduction. Hopefully, Ryan Reynolds oh, back that in would the room. Great, um, but no, no more budget spent on the CGI. Just keep it exactly <laughs> Just, the same as the uh, original. All
0: of the other lanterns have great outfits, but Ryan Reynolds has, like, his
1: terrible... <laughs> his terrible <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Original o- outfit. Yeah. Like in uh, video games, where you can get, like, the retro suits for your yeah, characters. the, court, the, th- the throwback. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently that, that second one was... Um, it was actually going to be scripted to end in defeat for the Justice League. So they limp back to Earth, uh, oh. where... Um, where it becomes all out war on Earth because Dark Side arrives on Earth to get the Anti-Life Equation, hmm. um, and that is his plan. It sounds very familiar. Almost like I've heard that plot story before. Is <laughs> is, is he end gaming us? I feel like I feel like there's possible that it was going to be exactly the same plot. <laughs> Are we being end gamed again? I think uh, uh, actually, wait. There's something in my notes about a finger snap. <laughs> <laughs> I even get that reference <laughs> I mean yeah so you know I think he had great plans and I think it would have been I think it would have really made more of the DC universe than what it is at the moment because I don't think they've really got a franchise to hang off of at the moment
0: yeah I think it was it was. It would have been left in a good way they would have built out nicely on it but yeah unfortunately this wasn't the theatrical cut and apparently therefore not canon which is a shame
3: yeah
0: let's discuss final thoughts then um wait let's make a theme tune for this all at the same time three two one final,
3: final thoughts.
0: thoughts oh that was great this that wasn't that wasn't uh, that was prepared should, at yeah, all
2: yeah not absolutely not at all i, I mean, mean i'm i
1: had no idea where we were going with that but yeah i'm glad work. we were kind That's of on it. the same
0: page so this we're doing out a new well. one
1: we're doing a new one every week by all means that could be a fun game yeah
0: okay let's let's do that let's make a new theme tune every week uh, as unprepared as this one <laughs> um so we're now in our final thoughts section which is apparently now
1: a thing which we've decided on the spot yeah uh rich what's your final thoughts on this movie Uh, Yeah, do you know what? I actually really enjoyed it. I think, you know, going into it, I was a bit sceptical given the length of the movie. I think four hours is always a big ask to ask anyone to sit through. Um, But for me, I think character development, character introductions were hands down better than the theatrical version. Um, I think the whole story really set itself out to kind of make a really good introduction to the rest of the movies as well um, so for me I'm giving it uh, probably 8 out of 10 llamas oh
0: cool amazing I'm inclined to agree with all of your points um, I'm going to give it a solid 5 mm, 5 and a half out of 7 Beastie Excellent. Boys oh that's really good uh, yeah, Lewis thanks. I'm most interested in your feedback since you are not a comic head you're not even a comic book movie head uh, you're not even a head really
2: no um, i am just a steppenwolf you are a, a wolf torso a pair of
0: aviators you're a pair of aviators yeah. in a an empty glasses box
1: <laughs> <laughs> without a cleaning rag without a cleaning rag hey,
0: look, uh, and you're lo- covered in fingerprints look, lockdown be,
2: lockdown's been hard on all of us okay
0: uh so lewis tell me your thoughts
2: i will uh We touched on this in the last episode. Superhero movies, for me, like you said, are not not really my forte, which is weird because I love sci-fi stuff. I love action movies. So technically, those two together should be great. But they've not really touched with me well in the past. However, really enjoyed Justice League, like massively. Um, There are a few moments where I was being... I I tried to stay really grounded and, like, try to immerse myself in the movie because oftentimes I can get pulled out and become super critical of, like, bits that don't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, really trivial bits that really don't detract that much, but I get really focused in on them. So there was like one or two moments with The Flash that I thought pushed it a little bit, but I think overall, like really enjoyed it. And there are very few movies, you know, when movies tend to start to approach that three hour mark, you know, it's all about pacing, right? That Your time is so valuable. Like you can really get turned off a movie if there are real slow bits in a three hour movie. In a four hour movie, that's immeasurably more noticeable. And I thought, Maybe with the exception of the the farmhouse stuff, which I just didn't really care. I just wanted the action, so I didn't really care about the Lois Lane Superman stuff. So it was fine. But with the exception of that, which I wouldn't even say was that slow, I thought the pacing was just great. Like I didn't, there wasn't a single part of that movie that made me feel like it was going too slowly. It was going on for too long. Special effects were amazing. Uh, dialogue was really good. Like the quips were pretty minimal, I think. Um, and the action was yeah. fucking badass. So I would give it, I'm going to give it a 12 out of 14. Nice.
1: I mean, that I, high praise coming from somebody that's not a comic book fan, to be honest. Yeah.
2: I loved yes. it. Really liked yeah, it. Nice. Has
1: has this changed some of your opinions
0: or uh, do you have the same opinions, but just appreciate this is a good movie or?
2: Um, I still think, I think it's more, my bio, my sort of feelings towards superhero movies probably came from the fact that the Marvel movies on my first run through kind of felt like they contained a lot of what I don't like in movies in general. It wasn't that I had a hatred of the Marvel movies; it was just that they contained a lot of those sort of comedic quips I don't like in in a lot of movies. But um, yeah, I'd say that it definitely was a nice a nice uh, visualization of what I was hoping a DC movie would be. So I, was, I kind of went in expecting it to be a bit more gritty, a bit more violent, and it was. Uh, so I think it did that really well, um, but yeah, it's also spurred me on to re just to to, to do a, a run through that I've been saying I should do for a long time of the Marvel movies. So I made a start on that as well because I feel like I should be giving these superhero movies a bit more of a chance.
1: So Lou's actually promised that he's going to watch them all by the next podcast.
2: Yeah, oh, I'm going to watch God. every single one,
1: and uh, you know there are many.
2: <laughs> I'm yeah. So I'm waiting for. Uh, the Snyder cuts of them all as well, which I understand given the franchise difference is going to be a bit of a tricky one. Um, But yeah, I'm just really, really excited for the Snyder cut of um, Iron Man 2.
1: Just that one specifically?
2: Just, just Iron Man 2. Yeah. Um, I just felt that the, the action scenes in the two Iron Men suit at the end could have been fleshed out a bit more. So I'm hoping that we get a um, four and a half hour Iron Man I'm actually Stormland. waiting
0: for the slider Cut of Homeward Bound. I think, I think that I, they rushed that. that. I think it needs 200 million of CGI to go into it. There needs to be a lot of violence. There, there definitely needs to be a scene where everything blows up and then a dog runs fast enough that it goes back in time and saves the world.
2: I just think the suspense the at the blade. end of that film, where the older dog can't quite get out of that hole or that mm. trench, I just think it needs... I just don't think there was enough story in the original to to really get a feel for why that character was having such a such a problem so I think yeah I didn't feel that, like that I knew do that because... dog No it just felt a bit dry and do also we like really like Barney said, I mean you've just blown my mind I just think they're going to they, they'll obviously have to they'll find it difficult to do reshoots given that that movie is like 1993 i mean it's fine they'll just think. cgi the faces they're just gonna oh, of cgi course. mustaches yeah, yeah, of on course. everything yeah because yeah, i do is. i did read somewhere that mm-hmm. one of the dogs had um has it had its toenails clipped for another movie it was contractually obligated to have short toenails so disgusting um, disgusting yeah Disgu- which that's is maybe why maybe gonna be, why, that's gonna be maybe why can, tracking job yeah know. it's gonna be some 3d 3d stuff involved in there as well
0: yes but anyway, we have gone long for our first episode. Uh, we've gone quite long, almost as long as the actual movie, which is four
2: hours long. Uh, and can we can we mention the fun fact? If you if you start the movie at the same time as this podcast, it'll make no fucking sense.
3: Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. I mean, you can start this podcast at the same time as any movie, and it would probably make more sense than if you played it at the same time as Justice League one hundred Snyder cut. Yeah. So. But That uh, that is us. That is our official episode one, and we look forward to speaking to you next time.
1: Goodbye. Bye-bye bye now. Bye-bye. Mommy!